0: Temp check. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: My guest today is a lovely lady by the name of Emma Carey, and she has a crazy, crazy story. Uh, Basically, when she was 20 years old, she went on a Kentucky tour, uh, ended up in Switzerland and had the choice between, uh, I believe, going on like a hike or going skydiving. And being the uh, adventurous type that she is, she chose to go skydiving and it was basically the worst case scenario. Don't want to give too much away about the accident itself because we go into it in a lot of detail. Uh, But the result was she was left a paraplegic and then started a road to recovery that is super uh it's just remarkable really how she has been able to get her life back after such a devastating injury and now with the world of social media um she's been able to be like a positive force for so many people um she just has a crazy outlook on life and, and it was just great to sit down and I guess, talk to her, hear her story and just, I guess like dive deeper into some of the adaptions that she's had to make, uh, just for day-to-day life. So thank you for listening as always, um, uh, Gypsy Tales with Emma Carey. We're just gonna go straight in. Okay. Not even gonna give you an explanation of what ah. Gypsy Tales is. Okay, cool. Because um, yeah, you said you've never done one of these. Mm-mm. Well, basically, we sit here and just talk about anything okay. and and everything. So I but, do love a chat. And you've got a story, so I feel like we can we can go pretty deep into that. Do you get sick of talking about like the injury and everything like that? No, nah,
2: not my injury. Sometimes I get sick of explaining the accident because it comes up like every day in conversation. Yeah. But at it mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess like because you'd have to know that you've got an element of like education that and like it it helps people like you inspire people to, you know, kind of through their everyday sort of struggle. So I guess does it make it easier yeah. to talk about something when Yeah. It yeah, I lo- I love
2: talking about it and I love talking about the injury side especially and everything since the accident. Mm. But yeah, the actual accident itself, I'm kind of I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: it'd be like a hard one to relive too. Oh
2: uh, no. Well, it used to be, but I think because it's been so long now, I'm just used to yeah. talking about it. doesn't bother me at all.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I guess too, like it must be a bit weird for people. Like I just showed Koza the, like he's like, Oh, so who have you got coming in? And then I like showed him your Instagram profile and he's like, Oh, so she's not a paraplegic. And I was <laughs> like, well, no, like you can still be yeah. paraplegic but there's like complete and incomplete like yeah it's, a, it's definitely a very uh broad sort of term yeah and then as well as that you've still got effects from the injury that you'll be lived with forever
2: yeah and it's something not many people know much about and i mm. definitely knew nothing about it so it can be yeah people often see me and assume i'm completely healed which is like a great and a compliment really but it's not the case at all
1: mm. yeah so, I guess, where are you at with everything? Or, like, should we just start, like, way from, from, yeah. the, from the beginning? Start from the so, beginning. So, from what I understand, like, I've been mm-hmm. following you for a while. I, I oh, love thanks. your Instagram. <laughs> and so, through my girlfriend, she knows uh, Eliza. They went yeah. to school together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so that's, and I live with her, yeah. Yeah, so that's how... <laughs> I first was put on to you. Yeah. And then, through like the crazy six degrees of separation yeah. of the world, you know Jeff Wetherill yeah. and Kayla. And Jeff's like yeah. one of my best friends. Ah, and he's come go. on the podcast as yeah. well. So it's like, I don't know, yeah. weird little six degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I've been following you for a while. So I'm kind of aware of what happened. Mm-hmm. But basically, we're on a Kentucky tour. In Switzerland?
2: Yeah, so it was. I was going backpacking around Europe, didn't really know how long I was going for, and then we were doing a top-deck tour, which was about three weeks or something. And on the fifth day of the holiday, we got to Switzerland with the tour. And basically, they said you have an option, you can either go up the mountain for a day or go skydiving. And me being just like an adrenaline junkie, I was like, obviously, we're going to go skydiving. (laughs) So I was with my best friend, Gemma, and she just hate stuff like that. So I basically forced her into it. Um, so thank God nothing happened to her because <laughs> yeah. it was just all my choice. Um, and yeah, we went skydiving and basically, have you done it? No. Really?
1: No. Ah. Fuck, fuck that.
2: Oh, really? Never?
1: Because of people like you, that's the yeah, reason.
2: I, I'd still like... Well, I'm you've done it since, it. haven't you? No, oh, not you, since.
1: I, I thought Jeff – or maybe Jeff said he's, like, I went offered up, to take you. Yeah,
2: but I went up in the plane. Uh, okay. But I didn't jump out. I yeah, went yeah, up with yeah. my friend while she did it. And I was like, that's enough of a step for now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude, that would be a hurdle.
2: Yeah, it was. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll do it again one day. Yeah. Um, But anyway, yeah, when you jump out – I just remember it as the best feeling ever, like ever. It didn't feel like you are falling. It kind of felt like you are flying. Yeah. And I guess because you're literally just falling to the ground, you can't think of anything else besides that. So you're really, really present. And I just loved the whole thing. And even when we were doing it, I was like, I'm going to become skydiver. This is my calling. Like I really? loved it so much. Uh, but then obviously it didn't go right. Um, and because I'd never done it before, I didn't know what it was meant to feel like. I didn't know what to expect. But basically the, a few things I noticed. So first of all, he pulled the parachute. Well, I felt a jolt and my head got pulled back when I felt the jolt and I thought that's weird. And I was kind of stuck in this position like my hair was caught on something and I thought that's weird but I didn't really think much of it. And then I was kind of waiting for the instructor to like, I don't know, give me a high five or talk to me or something. And none of that was happening. And then I was also kind of waiting for us to start gliding around slowly. But we were still just going straight down and we didn't seem to have slowed down at all. No way. Yeah. So I knew that something was wrong. But then the moment where I really knew is I saw a parachute out in front of us rather than above us. And it was all tangled. And oh. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> this isn't right. Uh, yeah. And then basically the closer we got to the ground... I just realized we're not slowing down. Like
1: you're going way too fast. Yeah,
2: we're going way too fast. And it would have happened really, really quick. But I guess there was still somehow so much time to think. Mm. And it really occurred to me like, holy shit, we're actually about to die right now in Switzerland (laughs) while I'm on holidays. Um, Yeah, and it was just absolutely terrifying because there's nothing I could do. I didn't Mm. know anything about skydiving. So all I could really do was just hang there and wait.
1: Far out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine the yeah, feeling that it you were going through. Mm. So what actually went wrong?
2: So I like, didn't know this do, at yeah, the time. Yeah, do you know? Like
1: how much did you yeah, know?
2: Yeah, I, I, I knew nothing. But now from what I've gathered, and I still don't 100% know, but this is just what I've been told from police reports and stuff, that basically there's two parachutes in the backpack. There's the regular one which comes out when the instructor pulls it. And then there's an emergency one which comes out automatically when you reach a certain altitude Mm. if the other one isn't out for whatever reason. And that's
1: like supposed to be linked up to an altimeter that's like on the instructor, Yeah,
2: something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and basically our instructor pulled our parachute too late, which meant that at the time that it came out was the exact same time the emergency one was coming out. Oh, Yeah, so because they came out together, they got all tangled and then the cords actually wrapped around his neck and strangled him. Yeah, so he was unconscious for the whole fall. um, So he couldn't
3: cut... Holy yet. shit.
2: <laughs> so he couldn't cut a parachute off or untangle them or whatever they would normally do in that situation. So they just stayed tangled. And, like, it would have slowed us down a little bit, but it wasn't open and catching all the air. So it was a pretty fast fall.
1: That's, like, worse than I thought. Like, <laughs> I've, I'm like, yeah, okay, you crashed a yeah, while well, skydiving. Like, that's bad, right? Yeah. But that seems like everything that could have gone wrong yeah, went, went wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, like, what's the odds of pulling a chute at the exact moment, at the exact altitude that your, yeah. like, reserve chute is supposed to be deployed? Yeah, like, it, I don't that's know if like this has s- ever
2: happened before. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about skydiving, but... That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. So then when we landed, I landed... So where
1: in, did you land? Like, just in a field? Yeah, or? in a
2: field. So we were in the Swiss Alps. So really lucky we didn't land on a mountain or a cliff trees in a lake we just landed on a patch of grass which was really lucky and probably three meters or so to the left there was a big bitumen road and they said if we landed on that we would have been gone yeah splat so (laughs) very lucky in that sense but yeah i landed on my stomach and because he's strapped to my back he landed on top of me
1: really Mm. damn and he was unconscious the whole time
2: yeah yeah
1: that's blowing my mind <laughs>
2: yeah i know
1: and like you i mean yeah like i thought it was bad like obviously you became a paraplegic from crashing a parachute yeah. but like that's like the worst of the worst <laughs> of the worst like to to not die is just yeah a miracle
2: so lucky i don't know how we survived and no one really understands just very lucky i guess in the way we fell and what we landed on
1: can you remember all of it
2: yeah because i was never knocked unconscious at all
1: so even through impact everything
2: yeah i was awake the whole time yeah
1: that's insane like can you so you fully remember like because obviously there's an element of like shock that your body would have gone into and like you know what i mean like people their memory gets kind of weird even in like a even like a bar fight people have so much adrenaline that they're like Oh, I did this and I did that, and you're just like, no, you didn't. Like people don't <laughs> actually remember. Yeah. The so my details. Yeah, my
2: memory after, um, yeah, um, my memory from probably I don't know an hour after that, it's so hazy. It could be because I was on all these painkillers once the ambulance came, yeah. but yeah, the first beginning bit I remember perfectly, but from yeah, probably an hour afterwards for the next week, it's really.
1: Yeah, which is a medication.
2: Yeah, and I think I was just in shock. So yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, your body definitely does super weird stuff when it goes into yeah. like that level of yeah. shock. Um, but so when you were on the ground, did you know that you'd broken your back and you were like well, you had no feeling in your legs yeah. or did that slowly go away?
2: No, 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 it was instant. But when we first landed, I was just first of all in total shock that we were in a skydiving accident. Like you mm. never expect that to happen. And I was like, wow, is this really happening? And then the next thing I thought was at the time, I assumed that the instructor was dead on my back because he still wasn't moving and he survived, thankfully. But that's what I thought at the time. Or I knew he was really badly injured anyway. So I thought I better get up and find help because we're in the middle of nowhere and there was no one around. So when I it was when I tried to stand up or roll him off me that I realized that I was paralyzed, that I couldn't move yeah I was trying to use my abs to roll over and they weren't working and then I was trying to kind of bend my legs to stand up and they weren't working and then I just tried even wriggling my toes and nothing
1: happened at all what was the fear like then
2: it was it was the worst thing I've ever felt because you know a minute earlier I was so scared that I was about to die and I thought that was surely the biggest fear you could fear um but then this was just 10 times worse because and instantly. I don't think this anymore, obviously, but instantly, I just thought like I my wish. Life's over, yeah, yeah, I was like, I wish I died. I wish I just died. It would have been easier because I knew, yeah, I knew nothing about being paralyzed. I didn't know anyone in a wheelchair. I didn't know what that would be like, and I thought, there's no way I can handle that.
1: Yeah, like mm. I, I've got, um, unfortunately, I've got a lot of friends in wheelchairs. Yeah. because um, I grew up racing motocross.
2: Right. Dangerous. Sport. Yeah,
1: and no, I mean, it's it's super sad how many yeah. friends that i've either lost or have become paraplegics and being around them when they realize that it's never going to be the same yeah and it's that feeling like it's such a gut-wrenching feeling even for me mm. who's just a friend that's not actually going through that like i've i've got a really good friend Jesse Nelson who's he was one of the best motocross riders of all time like he's young kid he was like 23 or something like that and just had everything yeah and then it's taken away and the, yeah. the day i woke up it was it was actually in america when he had his accident he was in america and i was here and i woke up and you just have that like it's not real
2: yeah it doesn't seem real and it takes a long time to sink in and it's i think the most bizarre thing is that it's instant like mm. one minute you're completely fine and then in a single second, without warning, your life is completely changed and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, it's got, like, just, yeah. I mean, I'm comparing it to the feeling of when you find out a friend has gone through that. Yeah. And that sinking feeling that you have. Yeah. And it's just, I can't even imagine what it would actually be like to live yeah. through that moment.
2: Yeah. I remember feeling a lot of regret, might be the word, um, just mm. of all the things I didn't do, and just for not appreciating appreciating what I had while I had it. Yeah, I just okay. remember thinking like...
1: It's, and that's in the moment, like when you're yeah, on the ground? Yeah, I was
2: laying there and I remember clearly thinking um, that morning I was going to go for a run and I just thought... Nah, I remember that yeah, from your Instagram. Yeah, you and I just that. thought, nah, can't be bothered. Um, and just things like that, I was like, why would I not have done that? Now I'm never going to get the chance to do that again. Mm. And I was just so, I think, angry at myself for just not realizing what I had, but you know, we all take our bodies for granted in some way or another. And I was only 20, but I just felt really angry at myself for not, you know, making the most of it.
1: Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I was going to say how old were you when this happened? 20, 20. Yeah. So young.
2: Yeah. At the time I didn't, well, I guess you never realized how young you are until yeah. you get older. Um, but yeah, so young when I look back now.
1: Yeah. Far out. Yeah, that's uh, – that's, I mean, and even, like, to know the story – like, I know the story in a way, like, through, you know, social media and the way that you kind of tell it on there. But, yeah, God, like, you can really feel the gravity of yeah. the situation when you kind of go through those details.
2: Yeah, it was really scary.
1: And so then you're in hospital in Switzerland. Yeah. And so did your family fly over? Like, what was that kind of
2: – Yeah, so we got an emergency helicopter – out of there straight to the hospital and um my best friend who jumped after me she's the one that came and found us on the ground mm. so she's the one that called the ambulance or so how
1: far away were they
2: they must have followed us down because i don't think we landed where we were meant to land oh. so her instructor must have known something was wrong and they kind of followed us yeah um and it probably would have only been a few minutes but it felt like hours waiting for them mm. to land um but yeah she came to the hospital with me and i went straight into surgery for i think five hours or something. Um, and then when I woke up, she stayed with me, like, on my hospital floor for the next few days. And then my mum and older sister flew over a few days later. Well, they probably flew over instantly, but it took a few Yeah, it just takes time, days. yeah. Yeah. Um, and they stayed with me while I was in there. I think I was in Switzerland for a month before I could fly home.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have an injury like that though I feel like Switzerland's probably not a bad place to have it I think
2: the best place in the world it was amazing yeah the hospital was incredible and the surgeons I was very lucky to be there
1: so when did you find out that there would be hope for you to like walk again? so I guess where you're at now like you don't have any feeling below your leg uh, Um, below your like belly button sort of area yeah it's
2: from there but it's kind of patchy like I can feel the front of my legs my quads still not um, perfectly, but a little bit. And then there's some spots where I can't feel the skin and I can't feel touch, but I can feel the deeper muscles. Mm. So it's so like, yeah.
1: if you've got like a real deep tissue massage, yeah, you yeah, could feel then I that can that feel
2: cancer. that. It's really hard to explain, but yeah, mostly from below my belly button, nothing.
1: That's crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But so at the time, uh, they told me, yeah, I was a paraplegic broke my back and they basically just say, you'll never walk again. And I think they don't want to they if, don't want to
1: give people yeah, hope. They yeah, they don't want to give
2: people false hope. And at the time, and I still don't really think they should say to people, "You'll never walk again," because then you might think, "Just give okay, up." And well, not that's Actually, it. try. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was in hospital, there are a lot of people that didn't even try going to physio, didn't do mm. any of that. Which I don't, I don't blame anyone. Like it's so hard to go through, and it's so mentally. Yeah, it's just so hard. Um, but. People just think, what's the point? Like, I'm never going to get better. So I kind of wish they didn't give you such a definitive no, you're not going to get better. But, yeah, they don't want to give false hope, which I understand as well.
1: It's crazy because we had Brad Smiley on the podcast. Have you heard of Brad? Do you know Brad? Yeah. Yeah. So he – like, we were talking – and he's talking about like the rehab and and oh you know, do you know Barney Miller as well? Yeah. Yeah. So Barney's come on the podcast ah, as well. Yeah. We know a lot of the yeah, same people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, yeah, six degrees of separation yeah. things. But um maybe it was with Barney I was saying, not oh, Brad. But I was saying, like, you remember you'd say you'd sit on the toilet for a while and like looking at your phone, then you get up and one of your legs is numb. Yeah. And like how hard it is to walk, you just yeah. don't even bother. You're like, yeah. oh, I'll just go, <laughs> I'll just go sit back down until the feeling yeah. comes back. But imagine that times a thousand and then you're forced into rehab yeah and like all right you've got to get up you've got to start walking, and you can't feel anything and you've got these nerve pains and all yeah. this like stuff that's not supposed to be going on and and in normal life if that happened you wouldn't want to walk you just sit down and yeah. wait till it come back but you're in a situation where like you can't feel anything and you've got to yeah. push through to get better and it's yeah. so uncomfortable
2: yeah and trying to like it's just so hard to explain how you're trying to tell your legs to do something they've always done and it's just not happening. Yeah, It's just, it's so bizarre and you're like, why isn't it working? Like I'm telling it to do it and it just isn't. And when you try to contract a muscle that you can't feel and it's just, yeah, it's really mentally hard. Yeah, and even now, like when I first started walking, which was a long time after my accident, but when I first started, I, I just didn't, Understand how I could move without feeling, and I would be mm. so confused, like because I can't tell where my legs are in relation to my body just from feeling, and yeah, and now it's still the same, but I guess I've just gotten used to You've that. Gotten used to, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but it's weird. Even now, like sitting on this chair, I can't feel it
1: all. That's what I was like yeah. wondering, you know, so it's like just, like even floating. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> it's pretty <bizarre>. cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta plug this laptop in. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're just like basically floating on a on a chair on a cloud of nothing right now yeah it's weird (laughs) so how long so you flew to hospital flew from switzerland to australia after about a month was that like a special medi flight or were you able to get on a normal flight it
2: was a normal flight but they took out i think four rows of seats or something so i was in a bed um just in the normal section so there were really? people just people next were just to me just going, going on holidays and i was just laying there in a bed because i still couldn't sit up at this stage and i had a doctor and a nurse and my mum with me yeah um yeah it was it was weird and i had the what do you call it the oxygen still mm. it was weird but i got to lay down on a you know 24-hour flight so yeah can't be mad at that <laughs> yeah that was good
1: i uh i just flew back from the states and like there was a bit of a mix up at customs so basically flew to la spent 36 hours in jail at, in jail at the LAX <gasps> and then I flew back and I got like walked onto the plane by like like, <laughs> like armed guards, yeah like full full criminal status and then I like I was sitting at the very last row of the plane so like that's my only uh way I could relate to like all the people looking <laughs> at you like because everyone just looked at me like I'd done like some super illegal what did you shit. do nothing like it was just a mix-up they thought <laughs> oh I overstayed a visa <laughs> And I was like, I didn't. But anyway, so yeah, I, I could have only imagined because like everyone was looking at Everyone's me. Everyone's looking
2: and thinking, what did they do? Yeah, what did do they do?
1: Yeah. So I guess that's like my only way <laughs> I could relate to the experience. But So did you have to go straight back into hospital in Australia?
2: Yeah. So I flew to Sydney and went into Prince of Wales spinal unit there because I lived in Canberra and there's no spinal units in Canberra. So
1: you're from Canberra? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I stayed in Sydney hospital for I think three more months yeah. um, before I could go home. Yeah.
1: Far out three months in hospital there too.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed – well, I don't know if enjoyed's the word, but I didn't mind the whole experience in hospital. Yeah, I think I'm lucky because I was getting – you know, I was improving, so I had a much better experience than a lot of other people. But I don't know. I really liked the physio twice a day, wheelchair lessons, OT, meeting other people who were going through the same things. I didn't have a bad hospital experience. Mm. I actually didn't want to leave. I remember – because – After three months. Like
1: you didn't feel ready? Yeah,
2: no. And after three months, it's your life. Like I didn't remember life before living in a spinal ward. Mm. And they, I think they gave me two weeks warning. They said, you'll leave in two weeks. And I was like, no way. And because in a hospital, everything is catered for you in a wheelchair. There's nurses whenever you click a button, the tables are the right height, the bathrooms are the right height, and there's everyone there to help you. Mm. And I was really, really nervous to go back kind of to the real world. And I didn't know how I'd be able to adjust. Mm. Yeah.
1: I guess people don't really think about, like, you know, you see a couple disabled spots in a car park and you see, like, the disabled bathroom. But I guess it's not until you're in the position you're in to where, yeah, the table height makes a big difference. Yeah, so many
2: things that you never think of. Oh,
1: even with Barney, like, we did the podcast and I was like, fuck, it's a super high table. Like, he's not going to be able to sit here. Yeah. So then I had to go, like, rent another studio across the road to do the podcast with him. And it's just... And I think it's not like – I guess you can't blame people for thinking like that because it's you don't have experience. Yeah,
2: unless you've been through it, there's no reason that you would – know, yeah. But I guess it
1: is. There's a lot that needs to be catered for a person that is in the position that you're in.
2: Yeah, so many things that you don't think twice about. Mm. Yeah, it really opened your eyes. Even just tiny little gutters or just places where there's just two steps to get up somewhere that you don't even think when you're walking up them. It just – it's so hard. Yeah. yeah
1: so how long then were you in a wheelchair before you started or like were you starting to get some feeling well I suppose you haven't really got feeling back but were yeah, you starting but, to get some muscles firing and stuff while you're in that yeah. hospital for three months
2: yeah so it kind of gradually came back there was never one day when I was like oh I can walk again it was my toes started moving then my ankles that kind of came up my legs and yeah, okay. then when my knees started moving again that was a really good sign And then I started walking with a walking frame. So I was pretty much putting all my weight onto this frame and they were kind of moving my legs for me. Um, And then I gradually just got better from there. So I went from that to crutches and then from that to one crutch. Um, Yeah, it was just very kind of gradual. But by that time I left hospital, I could walk a few steps and it was only with a physio right behind me. Um, But a few steps without, I think it was without anything. But I'd still, um, most of the time, use my wheelchair. But it was about a year and a half after my accident that I stopped using crutches in day-to-day life.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, you kind of, I guess, got really lucky in a way. And I think that that was one of the things that Brad said that really stuck to me is when you're in that spinal ward, you're all in the same place, but... No one's dealing with the same thing. Yeah. And in one breath, you can look at someone that's got, like, either they're a paraplegic and you're a quadriplegic, and you can be insanely jealous of that person. Yeah. And then you can see someone that's got nothing at all. Yeah. And even though you're a quadriplegic like Brad, he's able to breathe on his own, talk, use an iPhone with a mouthpiece. So it's like, and then. That other guy would be looking at Brad and be like, "I'd give anything just yeah. to have what." There's always he someone had. Yeah. worse
2: and always someone better. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. No two injuries are the same at all. And yeah, I felt incredibly lucky in the spinal ward because I think I was well. Actually, I was definitely the only one in there that had movement back and could start walking again. But yeah, to see people because before I got to the spinal ward, because I think I was just in. I don't know. I was by myself before that in Switzerland. I didn't see any other people.
3: Oh, okay. Um,
2: so I didn't even realize that there were people that couldn't use their arms or that couldn't breathe on their own, that couldn't feed themselves. So when I got to the Spinal Ward, that was a real shock for me and it really hit home how lucky I am. Whereas mm. before that, I guess I, I just thought like, oh, this is so horrible. Like, I've, you know, the worst, the worst injury possible. And then you realize that's not true at all. Yeah, I was very, very lucky.
1: So – if anyone follows you, they will know that you're like you're overwhelmingly positive and happy <laughs> to the point where it's almost ridiculous. I'm like just free on, just free on one time just to, just to show me that you're like the rest of us.
2: That's what the doctors would say to me in hospital because it got to a point probably two weeks after my accident or maybe it was when I got back home to Australia where I just was weirdly happy. Like even now I look back and I'm like I don't know how I was happy then and mm. I think it's because the realisation that I had a few weeks before when I was falling and thought I'm a hundred percent about to die. That really started to sink in, just how lucky I was to not only be healing, but to be alive in general. So I had this immense gratitude for life and it was like weird. Like I'd be like, morning, time yeah. to go do with the enema with the nurses. Like I was just so happy about everything. <laughs> and it was really weird. And I think that appreciation for life has really just stuck with me since then and obviously things are hard and frustrating sometimes but yeah when you've lived in a spinal ward and seen the things that go on it's really hard to have a bad day when you know that things can be so so much worse
1: yeah Yeah. and were you this bubbly and positive before the accident or were you a brat
2: yeah not at all i was yeah i was not a happy person really yeah no. People that know me now that knew me before my accident, like I'm a completely different person.
1: In in what way? Like you just, you I, just had it like, I guess when you're 20 though, like yeah. you don't really know who you are. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I think I'm sure I would have become the person that I am anyway, but I guess it just sped up the whole
1: the process. process. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just didn't really have gratitude and appreciation for things. I didn't, I don't know. I kind of just went around thinking, oh, like, life's really hard. Like, no, no,
3: it wasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm just very, very different now.
1: Did you have much of an idea before the accident of, like, what you wanted your life to be or... No,
2: not at all. I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't really know at all. All I knew was that I wanted to travel. So, that's... Yeah, I was just kind of working heaps of jobs and saving up to travel. Mm. That's all I really wanted to do.
1: Yeah, because I think that that's probably the thing when you're a kid. Like, um, I mean, when you're 20, like, realistically, you're still a kid. Yeah. But it's like, if you don't really have, like, a purpose... And I think that even like guys like Barney and Brad they're just so fucking positive all the time and it's like you almost get given a purpose and yeah. it's like hey this is this this is a burden that you have to carry and if you carry this well all of these people are going to be inspired by you and you you will make people's life better just by carrying this burden forward and yeah. and giving people hope that even when it's super tough there you can still find happiness. And yeah. it's like I wonder if that purpose that people get out of these kind of injuries is a reason why you can see so many people like yourself and Barney and Brad be these like positive um people uh yeah. in, that inspire and affect other people.
2: Yeah, I think it definitely helps having that purpose and knowing that you you can inspire people just by living and getting on with your life and yeah I know that for me because I love writing and when I started writing about my accident and sharing it on Instagram um and just in general writing it made me feel so much better and I never realized that I was doing anything inspiring or special yeah. but when people started saying that I kind of thought oh like Wow, I thought I was just kind of, you know, getting through this injury, but to know that you can help other people while doing it, it really does help you, you know, get out of bed in the morning and
1: yeah. Has that sort of become like a bit of your mission these days? Like because you're you're super active on social and it, and it just seems like there's just always these messages of like positivity and, you know, the way that you kind of, I guess like your social presence and like what you put out into the world like I guess has that become, like, your mission now?
2: Yeah. Well, when I first started, I didn't really mean to... Like, I didn't have any followers on Instagram or anything. I just kind of put my diary entries on Instagram. And I still do that. Like, I just write whatever I'm thinking at the time, whatever I'm going through, and basically that on Instagram. Like, mm. I'm the annoying person whose captions are, like maximum they yeah they're,
1: they're pretty long <laughs> they're
2: pretty long the amount of times i write a caption and it says too long and i have to cut it down by half it's like every caption um but yeah it really i love sharing it and i love um being able to help other people going through hard times and a lot of people can't relate to being paralyzed specifically but everyone goes through hard times and mm. i guess just helping people realize that um they're, basically, they're stronger than they think. Like, I would have never thought that I was strong enough to get through something like this, but you don't realise how strong you are until you have no other choice to, to do it. Yep. So, just helping people realise that they can get through whatever it is in their life. Yeah.
1: So, what happened to the the tandem dude? That-
2: yeah. So, I don't really 100% know because he's overseas and I'm here, but he was really badly injured. I think his legs mainly, um, but... I think yeah, I think he still has ongoing problems, but as far as I know, he's pretty good now.
1: So, he never like reached out to you or
2: Um, yeah, we've spoken a few times, but I don't really know injury-wise.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. What was it like talking to him for the first time?
2: Yeah, so I saw him the day I left the Switzerland hospital because I I was like begging the nurses to cuz we were in the same hospital and oh, I was begging the really? nurses to let me see him, but I don't think he wanted to. And then I finally got to see him because I was about to like about to get on this plane and leave and he wheeled into my room and I was still in my bed and we just kind of held hands and we didn't really say much I don't think but it was weird because we we'd literally met for like five minutes but we had this really strong bond Bond, yeah Yeah, which I can't really explain and it was just really nice like no one else would be able to relate to what we'd been through besides us two and I guess we'll carry that always.
1: Yeah, Mm. that's got to be like, because you could, I mean, you could be angry at him, you know? Like, that definitely, well, you could see why you would be angry at him. Yeah,
2: and I know that a lot of people, like my family was really angry at him and friends, but I don't know, I think anger is a wasted emotion, really. I've Mm. never really been an angry person and I didn't want to start. I don't want to hold, yeah, anger towards someone. Everyone makes mistakes and that was just one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, at the end of the day, too, like, you jumped out of a plane.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's a dangerous thing (laughs) to do, which I honestly never thought about before we did it.
1: So you (laughs) never, so you never even, like, had, like, a, well, it could go wrong, but. No, uh, actually,
2: before we jumped that day, I remember saying to my friend, I was like, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I'll die. I won't know I'm dead like mm. no nah. <laughs> i just didn't think about it
1: let's see i'm like super scared like jeff's tried to get me to go <laughs> with him so many times i'm like no nah, i just don't think yeah. i need that in my life yeah
2: yeah i get that it is dangerous apparently <laughs> mm.
1: i saw man i used to just see like i lived in california for seven years yeah and all of these places like these tracks would go to for motocross a lot of them always had these airfields next to them Ah. where people would parachute. And I just see like,
3: I'm
1: like, fuck that. I'm staying away. (laughs) Like that always land. Like I never really saw like sketchy shit Yeah, or like, it was sketchy but it wasn't like people dying or yeah. whatever but like some people just hitting the ground super hard yeah, and yeah. like missing stuff that they would want to <laughs> be like way further away from yeah and i'm like i don't know if i need this in my yeah, life yeah
2: i don't think it's something everyone has to do but i'm definitely not against it
1: yeah yeah well, well i guess a that's a freak p- accident yeah that's probably mm. like a uh I don't know, like a good uh, advertisement for skydiving that someone that's <laughs> almost died skydiving is like, no, it's not that bad.
2: Yeah, I guess like driving a car is dangerous. I still do that every yeah. day. Yeah,
1: you're, you're so right. Like there is, like you can die doing anything, and exactly. there's there's people that die every day. Yeah. from stuff where you'd be like, no way, like yeah. how did that happen?
3: Yeah,
2: and I know so many people now, as you said, in wheelchairs, um, and yeah, a lot of from dangerous sports. But I know someone that's fell off a chair and broke their neck, or just basic basic things like it's yeah anything can hurt you that sounds really morbid <laughs> no it's so true like yeah.
1: it's a we're a fragile i yeah. think like i think maybe we think we're more tough than we really yeah. are but it's like we're just a pretty soft bit of meat <laughs> like kind of cruising through just cruising the world around, yeah.
2: hoping nothing hurts us I mean, I if think something
1: hard hits you yeah you're pretty soft
2: i think that sometimes but then i think the other way i'm like i fell out of the sky and i'm kind and of a, all yeah, right true. so i think i'll be fine
1: yeah i didn't i didn't realize that it was just like pretty much nothing opened
2: yeah really like lucky. that's
1: fucking gnarly i
2: know nuts even when i say it because i talk about it so much it just doesn't seem real yeah and then sometimes when it really sinks in i'm like wow that's actually crazy well
1: that's what i'm saying like i knew the story but like when you were saying it i'm sitting here just freaking out (laughs) i'm like what the (laughs) fuck like how do you do that and live
2: yeah i have no idea Mm. but i think it's given me a really bad perception of what you can survive in heights (laughs) yeah okay i'll be fine
1: so (laughs) so you just went Back to Europe. So I'm, cl- I'm glad because we were going to do this podcast before you went to Europe, yeah. but it just didn't work out. And then you messaged me the other day and said, I'm back. And yeah. I was, I'm actually glad that it worked out in that order. Yeah. Because going back to the place where you were injured. Yeah. How heavy was that?
2: It was, I didn't know what to expect before I went. I thought it's mm. either going to be really emotional or I'll feel nothing at all. And it was really, the first day we got there, we got to switzerland and we were driving through to our hotel and then we i looked out the window and i saw the exact spot where we landed and oh, i didn't really? realize we were about to drive past i didn't even know where it was and i just remembered the site and i just started crying or not even crying but i just you know and you can feel your chest like yeah, speeding like up and heavy i was beating. like oh yeah. my god um and then we got to the hotel and then I cried for probably five minutes and I just felt like I felt really, really emotional. And then honestly, after that five minutes, totally fine. The rest of the trip, like totally fine. It was just like I had to kind of get it out. Yeah. And then even a few days later when we went back to the skydive shop, um, we went up in a helicopter and we even went back to the exact spot where I landed and stood there. I felt, not that I felt nothing, but it was just like, oh.
1: Wasn't negative. Cool.
2: No, it was just like, Yep, here I am in Switzerland. Switzerland's nice. Like it, yeah, it was kind of cruisy.
1: Yeah. Mm. Do you think that, like, I'm, I'm a bit of a believer in that, like, you carry stuff. That you don't really even know you're carrying, and yeah. then you have like that emotional five minutes where it's just like yeah. you letting it all out, yeah. and then it's like that thing's gone now.
3: Yeah,
2: and but you, you feel carried s- it yeah. for a
1: really long time. Yeah, you
2: feel so much lighter, even though you didn't know it was weighing. It you was down. a problem. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is that kind of yeah? It to was what like happened? that after Switzerland. I just felt incredible, and I still do. I feel really. It was kind of like closing a chapter, I guess. Mm. And yeah, going back and seeing, you know, remembering when I was laying there on the ground thinking just how horrible my life was going to be and thinking that I wanted to die and going back five years later, standing there being totally fine, not physically, but mentally and thinking, yeah, life's pretty good. Like, thank God I didn't die when I was here. Yeah. It was really cool to kind of see how far I've come and see the comparison of what I felt then to what I feel now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it, It, it's definitely, I guess it's, cool to spread that message because it's really hard when people are going through a hard time to see like a really broad picture yeah and like you're 25 now right yeah 26 25. 25 yeah and it's like even now like you're still so young and it's like that five years between when you got injured to now like so much has happened yeah and it's like you can be laying on the ground and thinking like I wished i died and then five years yeah. later being like, holy shit, I'm yeah. so glad I didn't yeah. die. Yeah,
2: happier than you've ever been before.
1: But think about what's left in your life. Yeah. And like it's really hard to it, – it, it's hard for you in the moment to even have like five years' worth of perspective. Yeah. But it, it's like think about how much more you've exactly.
2: got left. And it's hard to even have one day's worth of perspective when you're in the moment. Like I couldn't imagine – Up any possible scenario where I would be happy again. I couldn't imagine how things would ever, ever get better from that moment. And like genuinely, it just seemed blank. I thought I was going to have a horrible life and be upset for the rest of my life. And it's shocked me just how good it could turn around to be. And I think that's, yeah, that's part of what I try to explain to people and kind of pass on that things do get better Mm. even if not physically like i'm yes i'm very very lucky that i can walk again but i still have so many physical problems that are going to be lifelong and if i was waiting for them to get better before i'd be happy then i wouldn't be happy Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of thinking that yeah you can find a way to be okay with what's happened and accept it and get on with life regardless because i know many people like barney who are so happy regardless of whether they've healed or not. Yeah. Heaps of people. And, yeah, it's so it's not really circumstantial happiness. It's kind of what, what you make it.
1: Yeah. I think, like, one thing I always say to people, uh, I always preach, and especially, so, like, my girlfriend's got, uh, she's just started a makeup business. Yeah. So, at uh, by Ricky Spinks, if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, so she's, like, started doing uh, makeup artist work. Yeah. And she's so talented. Like, she's legitimately insanely talented at it. But she hasn't had customers hitting her up. And it's like... It's literally this week. It's been like the floodgates have opened for her. Yeah,
3: that's good. And
1: and the whole time I've been saying... Because, I mean, I started my first business the day I left high school. And I just knew, like, I was... I'm not going to work for other people. I'm just going to... I'd rather be broke but working for myself than working for myself and have money. Yeah. And that was just what I ran on. And it's been... What 11 years since I left school now and I have done that I have worked myself the whole time and I've learned so much in that time and what you just said about happiness being not being circumstantial like I would place my happiness on a goal and it's like you're not happy until you reach yeah, that goal until
2: this happens yeah
1: but the truth and the real uh the real like Know, like the good shit is in the process, yeah. Like, you have to be happy whether or not that goal happens or not, yeah. And because goals are shifting, yeah, there'd
2: always be something else you're striving for, always something else. So, if you're waiting for it, you're never gonna reach it,
1: yeah, Yeah, 100%. And, like, I said to Ricky with the makeup stuff, I was like, it will happen to where like you've got talent, you're working hard at it, yeah, it's gonna happen. But if you can't, you have to enjoy this process where it's like you're just on the hustle and you're doing all this shit for free and you, you're you hoping you get something out of this free thing and then you don't and then you yeah. go back to the drawing board. Like, that's actually really good shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool place to be.
2: Yeah, and, and you th- often don't realise it at the time. At the time. Yeah. And
1: it's only in hindsight. But so many people fail because they can't look at that big picture and know, like, well, if I keep doing this for 10 years, right – yeah it's gonna happen yeah you can't do something wholeheartedly for 10 years and not get better yeah if you're legitimately putting in the effort you've got talent yeah it's bound to work out it it will happen you don't know how or when or when in that timeline stuff yeah will happen but it does Mm -hmm. and it's just you know it's crazy that now like just this week she's had like a ton of people hit her up and she's got yeah and it's like it just it comes in a wave yeah and then then you're one step closer yeah but then when you start say you know she's booked five or six people for a week and then it's like that goal then shifts you've just clicked that goal you haven't even done those jobs yet but in your head that target has been moved forward yeah and it's the same with the podcast like at the start I'm like oh man when a thousand people listen to this I'll be so happy and now it's like if a hundred thousand people don't listen to it <laughs> in a month I've had a shit month yeah exactly. and it's like it's it's so shifting and it's you have to enjoy the time when it's like oh man I remember it was like 300 people listened yeah. to the podcast that that one episode I could I could literally dm all of them yeah you know if you wanted to yeah so, and it's like it just shifts and you you have to find the happiness through the process through the of process, doing yeah, the thing. For sure.
2: And that's when you're learning so much as well and growing so much. And you mm. often can't see it. Um, you know, you can only see it in hindsight. But yeah, it's like when I was in hospital, I didn't realize at the time just how much I was gaining from the whole experience until now when I look back, I'm like, wow, like I'm so happy for that whole area of my life because i'm so much better for it yeah yeah so i think the key is to realize as it's happening
1: (laughs) yeah and it, it is hard though but i i think like i mean i have i have it all the time like and i think maybe you just i think as you do this kind of stuff now well like do you feel like when you start a new thing you've got so much more perspective when you're doing it to where it's like it's almost is easier now you don't have the same hurdles that you did in the yeah. past because you've kind of you you're like oh, i know what this is like you can yeah. see it as it's happening
2: yeah and when you've done you know things that you didn't think you could do before you're like oh
1: well, i've already done oh, that, yeah, yeah
2: i'll find a way to do it yeah, yeah yeah
1: and that's why i think like um we we speak a little bit about like i guess mental health mm-hmm. on the podcast a bit where guys have come on and they've been guys that you would never expect to have kind of demons that they battle but it's like I think that there's like, I always say to people, if it's the first, if this is the first hardship that you've faced, then it's like, this is the battle you've really got to win. Yeah. Because once the second time you're like, Oh, I've kind of been through it. Like I've seen this already. I know it will get better, but it's those, I think the message really has to fall on the people that they've never been depressed. They've never had a hardship They've because they're the ones that, they can't have that um perspective that it does get better yeah and i think that they're the people that really need to you need to reach with i guess that like positive messaging because you're right once you do get through something insanely hard that you never thought you'd get through then it becomes a lot easier yeah
2: and you have faith in yourself that you can get through whatever else it is i wrote about this the other day actually this is a like not a big thing in comparison but I used to be terrified of public speaking and even Mm. doing something like this I never in a million years would have thought I'd be able to do I was just really really shy and then I kind of forced myself to do public speaking because I want to yeah I want to share my story so I thought that's a way to do it Um, and then as I was doing it you know walking up on stage I just kind of reminded myself like you've been through harder things like yeah. you'll be able to do this and you can just kind of have that internal faith that whatever you whatever you come across next you know that you just know that things will always work out even if you can't see how at the time
1: Yeah, know yeah. I always say to like you know where a no leads you mm. like you can go on stage for public speaking and you're like man this could change my life this could be only make my life only marginally better this could make my life a little bit worse but yeah it's not until you do a thing that you know what the outcome will be yeah but if you don't do a thing yeah then you know exactly you're right there yeah so it's like you sort of
2: that's a good way to look at it
1: yeah i think of it all the time like if you it's like well, who is it like Ernie Dingo or something you never never know if you <laughs> never never go. But it's so true like you know where a no lead. Yeah, you, you know no you're going to be in the you same spot. Exactly right where you are. Ah, oh,
2: that's a great and way to yeah, look at it.
1: And it but a yes if you could say have yes to stuff endless possibilities. Yeah. Like you just don't know where that yes yeah. could take you. Uh-huh. And there's there's so many things that I mean, there's so much shit I've done in my life where I've just gone fuck it, I'm doing it and it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense at all. Like even perfect example, I went to Thailand, right? Mm-hmm. So I went there for a jujitsu camp. So I trained for seven days with like one of the best coaches in the world. Yeah, and I had all this shit that I should have been doing that I'd <laughs> clipped to go to Thailand. And then I was, did a podcast with this guy, the audience of gypsy tales does not really care about jujitsu. <laughs> and I was like, but I just love, I love it. And this coach is amazing. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to speak to him. But then when I was there, I heard that Mark Hunt was in town, who's like, you probably don't know. know, Uh, He's a (laughs) UFC, he's like a UFC heavyweight. Yeah. So he's like one of Australia's most well-known UFC dudes. I love the UFC. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to extend my trip and I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to just rock up to this gym yeah and I'm just oh wait you
2: didn't know this guy no i didn't no. know him at all ah, not cool. from a bar
1: so. <laughs> and i just walked up and i was like hey man i'm jace i have a podcast called gypsy tales and yeah come on it if you can and he said yes and he's like yeah right so then it's like it's stuff like that to where and i mean even the day before like i extended my flight and i was fucked from training like <laughs> we just trained for four hours a day for seven days oh and i got there two out two days early and i trained with uh the coach and his wife live for like two hours a day before that as well yeah so i was jacked and then i was sitting down the ac broke in the hotel room (laughs) i was staying with a guy from finland in like a tiny little shack and i was just like i just i was over it i was like you know (laughs) what i want to come home it was so hot i had to walk for a kilometer with all my shit to the gym to do this podcast and there was like buses beeping at me and i was just (laughs) like you know what fuck this i don't even know if this dude's gonna do it but it's like if i if i didn't go there and if i didn't extend my flight if i didn't do all that yeah well i know what would have happened nothing yeah nothing would have happened but you go there you put yourself on the line and if even at worst case scenario you're back where you started
2: yeah that's what i always think what's the worst case scenario for example if my public speaking didn't work out what's the worst case scenario i stumble on stage and it's awkward like that's literally it and, so but, what And <laughs> you are gonna
1: grow from that <laughs> yeah, too though yeah like and, there's still and growth doesn't in that.
2: matter yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, i'm really gonna remember what you just said it's yeah, a great it's, way to look at things
1: it's a it's and it's easy it's an easy way of looking at something it's like do you want to go for a surf today nah then you're the same. Yeah. <laughs> you're just the same. You're the same, right? Yeah. You stay exactly where you are. And it's like I think to to grow, you have to constantly add to the to the experiences yeah. of your life. And you just don't like God, if you're a single dude, you could meet a chick out surfing that you could, yeah you could then that's your fucking soulmate if you believe in that yeah, kind of stuff exactly it's, you and just you just don't know until you do it but yeah. what the only certainty is where that no goes and that's yeah. nowhere
2: i'm gonna write a big thing about that on instagram tonight just you wait do
1: it <laughs> how much stuff like Would were, were you depressed at all when you were in the hospital or you kind of like mentally just got your head around it pretty quickly and then started on yeah. that positivity sort of In
2: hospital Totally happy As I said Weirdly But then when I got home I guess is when it kind of Started to really sink in Because I had to go back to Normal life Back to my house um, Which you know I couldn't Shower properly I couldn't mm. You know Reach the cupboards in my house And going back to my old house And old life And realising that I was totally different Physically But also mentally Mentally That was what was really hard And because I think you kind of even though you know you're not going to be the same in hospital you're like oh when i get home things will be back to normal and life will just go on but you realize that that's not true at all you're never going to be the same and yeah so it's you can't fit back in your old life you kind of have to create a new one and that's where i really started to struggle and that's why i actually moved to the gold coast because i just wanted
1: fresh fresh
2: start I just wanted a fresh start where – and I think back then, like now when people hear about my, about my accident, they're like, oh, wow, like you're so inspirational, incredible. I can't believe you went through that. And it's a positive thing. But back then it was like, oh, like, you, oh, this is the skydive girl. you okay? Girl. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. And it was just like, oh, like <laughs> I didn't want that. So I just wanted a fresh start where no one knew me, no one knew what had happened and it wasn't a bad thing. And it was since I moved here when people started looking at – at it as a good thing because yeah. I became the person that I wanted to be, rather than just like oh the poor skydive accident girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever had a dude hit you up in a bar and be like, "Oh, did it hurt?" Oh my god,
2: yes. Has when you fell, yeah. yeah. Someone oh, it happened so once, good. and I was like, I've been waiting for this moment. Like, did you hurt when it fell? And I was like, Yeah, it dude, actually, fucking did. I'm, fucking just, I'm a paraplegic hurt. now. Yeah. No. And then I just said that, and then just walked off, and I was like, He can ponder that um yeah hilarious you
1: should oh you have to tell that you had to tell that dude the full story I, know, I hope
2: it happens again because like that would be is. amazing I know
1: because yeah I, I, I thought that when I saw your Instagram thing the girl that fell from this guy yeah, yeah, yeah and I was like fuck I hope some dude yeah just hit her up and be like did it hurt yeah and then you. when like, it
2: happened I was like is this real this is my moment
1: <laughs> oh yeah you had to relish that yeah, one yeah so great yeah I feel like I mean, I don't know if people use pickup lines. Anymore. Apparently, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Still a thing.
2: I don't get picked up much, but that one day, mm. and I was like, "Great pickup line choice."
1: How <laughs> how is the dating sort of world like? Did you have a boyfriend when it happened, or like, I did
2: at the time. Yeah. yeah okay. But that didn't yeah didn't work out. But since then, it's been well, I don't know. It's been kind of it's kind of hard. Well, harder than it was, I guess, because you're trying to bring someone into your life and you have all these kind of even though it doesn't look like it from the outside but all these ongoing problems and stuff which are totally fine and i know that people are so okay with it but i guess it is harder to bring people into that
1: because like just Mm. dating in general is hard like it's hard to be a single girl in 2018 yeah i don't really know how people anyway i don't
2: know how people meet people like (laughs) i don't know Mm. yeah if you're not on tinder how do you meet people um yeah, But it's it's been fine. Like everyone's been Not that there's been many guys But like really caring And accommodating to what I need And yeah Yeah
1: because yeah, mm. I, I wondered like it it It's just hard enough You know <laughs> what I mean Like just to be Yeah A single anyone these days really
2: mm. Yeah
1: So it's like Yeah preaching Yeah <laughs> She's like hey man Yeah that. I know <laughs> Um, So When you moved down to the Gold Coast, Mm -hmm. is that when things like really turned around, like you had a fresh start to where it's almost like people didn't know the old you? So it was just like they just got to know you from now.
2: That as well, because I guess when I was around people who always knew me as the old me, it's kind of hard to become someone new when people know you as a certain thing. Hmm. So when I moved here, I was and it wasn't that I was faking who I was at all. I genuinely was a new person and I yeah became this became this person that people know me as now and so even when I tell my friends now about what I used to be like they're like what (laughs) they just can't imagine it at all because I am so different so that yeah that really helped moving yeah
1: yeah Mm. yeah I could see that then there's people that aren't going to feel sorry for you because you're like the old you because i i feel like not that i've ever obviously been through that but it's like it seems like that'd be the last thing you'd want is for people to treat you differently
2: yeah yeah and people yeah people did they because i know you know i used to be around people when i could run and do all these sports and do things and then when they'd see me like no one's ever been rude at all but when they'd see me and be like oh like she can't do this anymore and whereas now it's just like ah, this is what she can do that's her yeah like yeah it's a different kind of
1: vibe. Did you – have you kind of started to – or like did you start to go like, all right, I did this before and now it's like going to be kind of hard but I'm going to have a crack at getting back into this or because you like surf and stuff now and like paddle – I try. Will you be paddle board <laughs> um, more than surf or – I
2: kind of just float on the board and paddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been – for the first few if years – If it makes you
1: feel any better, 90% of people that go surfing – just float and power. I
2: love it. I wouldn't be mad if I never caught a wave. I just love floating out. Yeah, I the feel back like ninety
1: percent of people really yeah. can't surf yeah. that actually go out there to yeah, surf. Yeah, But it so, doesn't even matter. People yeah. are always
2: like, Are you gonna get one in? I'm like, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um but yeah, for the first few years I kind of felt just because what doctors and people tell you what you can do. Mm. So I just thought, Okay, that's fact. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. But then I guess in the past maybe two years, I've kind of thought, well, why don't I try? <laughs> why yeah. don't I see what I can do? So I've started, yeah, I started doing things like going for mountain walks or um, like going to waterfalls, things, just little things that people have said, like, no, you won't be able to walk up hills. You won't be able to walk yeah. on rocky ground, like just little things like that. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try. And yeah, for surfing, I did try surf um and i can kind of catch a wave if it's on a really really big board yeah um but yeah what else it's mainly just hiking that i've really grown to love which is something that i definitely didn't think yeah i'd be able to do yeah
1: did you like it before um is there, is there that much places to hike in canberra
2: not as much as there is here but i guess i just love nature a whole lot more now it's just one of those like as I said, appreciation for life, appreciation for everything in nature, everything just like astounds me now. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love being out in it.
1: <laughs> so are you like reading a lot of stuff all the time? Like are you constantly trying to, because you write a lot of posts about like gratitude and happiness and things like that? Yeah, is it stuff that you like research and look into and are you you know kind of reading a lot of different nah, stuff or it's nah, just I these just, are just your own yeah kinda... I just
2: talk about whatever comes to my mind have um, you
1: have you thought about like writing your own books and stuff? yeah like that? I am
2: writing a book it's a very long process yeah so I don't know how long It'll probably take years but is yeah.
1: it you like just your story from sort of start yeah finish?
2: yeah yeah and that's why I haven't really finished because I don't know
1: when I've, to stop yeah it. I
2: don't know when to stop I feel like the end of the story hasn't happened yet like I feel yeah. like I'm still living it
1: yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I know like Barney and Cater just did their book and yeah. I guess like kind of come full circle when they like both obviously like met each other and then they got married. So I feel like their wedding's kind of like the yeah. the finishing yeah. sort of point. Maybe of my that.
2: wedding will yeah. be my end. <laughs> Need a boyfriend first. <laughs>
1: she's she's looking guys she's looking <laughs> <laughs> look out uh do you hit up like the bars and stuff in burley
2: no i'm a granny like i don't go out
1: oh there's so many good yeah. spots in burley mm,
2: justin are you I in burley to. you're no, in burley we right? just moved to palm beach oh okay well, a but year pretty,
1: ago. pretty close
2: yeah yeah there's heaps of cool spots i've just so not spots. really a drinker so i don't yeah. really go out much at night
1: <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely like good i guess not like you have to meet to do at a bar but there's like <laughs> definitely some cool places to kind of can't hang but you guys do so much like different shit anyway yeah
2: we're always out doing things just not in that scene i guess
1: yeah yeah how was it to it seems like you and l and like you, you've you got like a really cool crew yeah that you roll with like are you i guess like how important was it to find that crew and then
2: yeah i have always them
1: kind of push you through
2: yeah before i moved up here i kind of thought that I don't know, I just had the idea that if you weren't friends from school or from when you were Mm. kids, that you weren't that good friends. Like, I just thought that um, adult relationships and friendships, I guess, were kind of surface level. I didn't realise that you could meet someone later on in life. Not that we're late in life, but you know what I mean. So old. (laughs) So old and really like really have that connection yep. i don't know i just had that idea when i moved up here so i was like oh i'm sure i'll have friends but i didn't think i would make that's
1: crazy you can meet people yeah. and be like best friends in a yeah, day
2: i don't know why i had this idea but i just did um and then when i met all my friends that i have now like we're we're honestly a family like yeah every day when i come home there's people like our house is just an open house there's always people there that don't live there and it's just it's great to be surrounded by such yeah, positive people and who... I met Beck. Um, she's probably first who I met in our group because she worked at... Do you know Making Strides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think Brad went there. Yeah, and um, Barney
1: goes there as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Beck um, is the exercise. I think,
1: you were, I think I was there when Barney was last here and you were actually there. I, like, saw it on Instagram. You
2: were at Making Strides?
1: Yeah, oh. but when you were there. Oh. But I was there with Barney, like, super quickly because he was... He, he started, like... I think he made some, like, really big progress the last time he was at making strides. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Ah, oh, so night. we
2: were there but same day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Um, But, yeah, so Beck was the exercise physiologist there, and yep. she used to train me, and that's how we met. So, we became really good friends because obviously we just get along really well and have heaps of fun, but she also had that understanding of
3: what I was going
2: through, what I could and couldn't do and could also help me. Like she massages my feet every day and stretches me. So having friends like that that kind of understand and can help you, it's, yeah, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. Are Mm. you, because Elle does the yoga stuff. She's like crazy into all that. (laughs) Yeah. But like, so do you do yoga and stuff as well with her or?
2: Uh, no, no, I'm not really a yoga person. Actually, I went to yoga the other day, weirdly, which I never do. That's crazy Um,
1: because, like, you'd think being her friend because she's like,
2: Yeah, pretty,
1: pretty well yoga famous.
2: Well, she's, yeah, more, um, into like a stretching guide and stretching Mm. not necessarily yoga but yeah i do yeah i do that um but yeah it's not really something we bond over i guess (laughs) guess, as people probably assume we do
1: well yeah i just figured you'd kind of jump on jump on the program with with that stuff (laughs) but is that something that helps you now like do you get a lot of like muscle tightness and stuff in your legs
2: yeah if i'm not stretching or getting massages like every few days i will be really really sore and not it's not even sore because i can't feel a lot but, but it's you can, like stiffness like yeah you, you can't and you can actually. notice my walking is a lot worse like after coming back from europe we were gone for three weeks and it was a lot more walking than normal and not getting massages and things like that my walking was really really not bad but worse than normal yeah yeah Yeah. so it's kind of a it's an ongoing like maintenance you have to keep keep doing these kind of things yeah
1: yeah like how much time are you dedicating to your injury every day
2: oh heaps even if it doesn't like even if it's not going to rehab or something specific like that there's heaps people always say to me yeah what do you do every day and it's kind of in some ways a full-time job dealing with an injury bet. like this yeah. yeah even like the toilet like bladder bow stuff takes up so much time like an hour each morning on the toilet and things like that really
1: it takes an hour
2: yeah, a bit less now, but it did in the start and most yeah, most people that's how long it has to take. Um and yeah, massages, um acupuncture, stretching, things like that. Yeah, and as well as um gym. Like if I yeah, if I stop kind of strengthening my muscles, they fade atrophy, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what kind of gym stuff are you doing?
2: Um well, I go to the gym now with Beck as well so she can kind of help me do Mm. weights and stuff that I can do but I'm lucky that I'm at the point now where it doesn't really have to be specific spinal rehab so I can kind of do regular gym classes and just modify them how I need so Yeah. yeah I'm pretty lucky that I can do any kind of exercise yeah
1: and are you like getting you can tell you're getting like stronger and stuff with that as well
2: yeah so part of my legs are still paralyzed so my calves still don't work which is why i can't run or jump because i can't go up on my toes oh,
3: okay. but
2: the muscles that are working like my quads are definitely my strongest muscle i can strengthen them but the ones that aren't firing like quads there's not i mean calves there's not really much i can do for that because um, that's more nerve than than strength yeah but i can just strengthen the ones that are there so that's what i try to do
1: so do you think that is there still a chance that you'll get the calf mo- uh like feeling back or do you think at this point, like you've kind of got everything back that you're gonna get?
2: Um, well, medical wise, they definitely say no. Like they kind of give you, and this is another thing I don't like. They give you a two year window to get better, and then after that, they say you'll kind of just stay the same. So medically, there's no reason why it would come back, but I don't doubt that things can improve. Yeah. And
1: can you have you felt it improve past that two year window?
2: Um. Yes, my walking has definitely got better. Um, but yeah, the feeling hasn't gotten any better and the calves haven't come back at all since then. Um, but yeah, and even if naturally things don't get better, the rate that, um, i don't know what do you call it research Research, yeah. happening i think by the end of our lifetime there'll be something
1: for sure man do you pay much attention to like that kind of stuff
2: a little bit i don't know too much about it but i know that it's all happening pretty
1: there's like crazy shit that's going down like they're like 3d printing organs yeah exactly
2: like like, we're living in a good time
1: (laughs) yeah like if you get if you have an injury like it's obviously the time to do it yeah the the And I I feel like there's a lot of money that goes into it these days as well. Like there's a lot of awareness. Because you do some stuff like Red Bull Wings for Life and that, don't you? Yeah, I love Wings for Life. Did you do World Run? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've done that the last four years. Love it. Have you done it?
1: No, I haven't done it. I've worked. Red Bull is like like my main client on the filmmaking side of things. So I, I just haven't got a chance to do it but yeah. I, I really want to do it i i want to do something with the podcast and wings for life yeah you so should. maybe it's like incredible. we should get like maybe me you barney yeah you know, like try and get everyone together do like a a wings for life like maybe a post wings for life podcast yeah I'd be where kidding. we all we all do it and yeah. try and raise the money for it yeah but there's a lot of um there's a lot of effort that goes into that kind of uh research and fundraising yeah. these days yeah which is
2: It's exciting. The yeah, I think that we will see a lot and not even for me. Like I, if I never get any better in my life, I'm totally fine with that. But I would love to see the friends that I've made that I've only ever known in wheelchairs. Like Mm. imagine being able to call them up and say, hey, you want to go for a walk? Like, I, I would just love to see that for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what's it been like become like having the social media following That you have because you're still young, and it's got to be weird to be able to talk to the amount of people that or like reach the amount of people that you reach. Like, is it still a weird kind of relationship that you have with social media in a way? Yeah. Well,
2: I kind of forget like because I just put things up that I write and put it online, and I don't really think about what I'm posting. I just write whatever I feel. I kind of forget that people are actually reading it and it's not until I meet people in the street or do a talk or something in person and people come up and say like oh you've helped me in this way or or people will even cry sometimes and that's when it really hits me like oh wow like what I'm saying is reaching actual real life people so it's still weird kind of coming to terms with that that it's real (laughs) I I don't know if that makes sense but yeah I don't know it's been it's been nice. It's really good to always have, no matter what I'm doing, people are so supportive and encouraging mm. and that's really, really cool. And I think it's definitely helped with my um, recovery in a way because there's just been so much support from strangers and I'm really, yeah, I'm really lucky to have that.
1: Do you think about how weird it is though, in a way? Like, and not saying it's negative, mm. but it, it is weird to, and we all do it. Like even me, like I put this podcast out, to like a hundred thousand people a month that I don't fucking know, <laughs> and but they know me yeah. in a lot of ways. Like yeah. there's now, I mean, this would be the thirty fifth or thirty sixth oh, wow. podcast that I've done, yeah. And it's like they're all about three hours long. So it's wow, like, that's really? Like, oh yeah, we're huh? in. Yeah, we're an hour in already. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's like that's. Hundreds of hours of like me talking yeah, they about get to know super personal shit or yeah. like dumb shit, but though they know like yeah. the people that that listen, mm-hmm. and it's like it's weird for me to I'm on like a, even a micro scale to the level that you talk to, and even so, like we did the podcast with Kerry Hart the other day, and that came out, and to see like the comments that he got, it's like hundreds of comments on his Instagram, like thousands and thousands of likes. And the, yeah. it's like, it's, it's a weird time to be alive yeah, in that sense weird. that like we're talking to strangers and like yeah. there's a thing. Have you ever heard of Dunbar's law? No. So he said that you can only remember 150 names. Really? You, your, your brain only not names, sorry, like people. So there's only room in our consciousness yeah. to actually know 150 people outside of that you can't know that more
2: really huh. so it's like
1: you've got what hundred and something, something thousand yeah yeah so it's like we're we're blowing out this number of like what's <laughs> you're supposed to be able to know yeah so it's it's weird. it's weird yeah
2: and as you said it's weird that you don't know these people but they in a way feel like they know they you know which you. is cool that um that you can be yourself enough that people feel like they're your friend like yeah. it's really cool because sometimes when people come up to me they'll they'll say things about my life and i'm like how do you like how that's do you
0: know very that personal, like,
1: yeah.
2: and i'm like oh like it's it's cool and they feel like we're they're friends part which of is the yeah. Journey, yeah so yeah it's really cool but it is yeah it's very weird
1: <laughs> and have you do you worry about like say like oh, i never feel alone because i've got all these people that i can talk to and stuff do you worry that that's Something that you could like lean on or hold you back from, or like even stop you from being alone, which is probably a valid yeah. emotion to no, feel.
2: I love being alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that I really think about social media that much. Or it's, I don't know. People often, especially friends that I have from like way back in school when we hang out, it kind of seems, I guess, from all they see of my life, that social media is a huge part of my life and it's really not. Like mm. it's just something that I post things to sometimes. And yeah. like I like I absolutely am so grateful that I have that audience and people who support me so much. But it's not – like I'm not relying on it yeah. for anything.
1: It's but it, it's definitely like uh, – um, I think that's messing up the body. <laughs> um, I think that we're in a time now, like especially with like the Insta model kind of thing and yeah. like – there's chicks out there with like millions of people yeah. watching them. And, and I mean, I know girls that like they need that validation mm. and it's... The, it's not you can, healthy. Yeah, you can, you can get in trouble with it. Yeah. And, and I don't think that... I'm not saying you've fallen into a similar category, but I think that there's definitely some weird stuff going on with that whole social media world that yeah. it's like if you aren't on top of it and know what it's about and what it's for then you can really start to get into trouble with that like needing the validation yeah. that comes with
2: it. Yeah, it's not healthy at all. I think people need to remember that yeah, once you put your phone down, you know, who are you then? Yeah. Like who are the people that are around you in real life and are you happy with or without that? Yeah. Yeah, it should just be one small part of life and not the whole <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But
1: yeah, you see people where it's like that's all they do. That's yeah. like everything their work comes from there their communication comes from there with people and they're like relying on posting pictures and then getting likes and talking about how many likes they got versus how many posts this, how many uh, likes this post got. And it's like, eesh.
2: Yeah, it's a bit scary. Like I'm sure that like there's so many people who I know who use it for good and there's so many good things that can come from it and so many opportunities, which is awesome. But yeah, I think it's just remembering
1: balance. Yeah. (laughs) Real
2: life and that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not many people in that world i think care to find the balance
2: i know i know this is what people often say to me and i i know so many like most of my friends that i've met through social media and most of my like best friends now are on social media and they're all just such legends i don't know i feel like maybe there's a part of social media that i don't really
1: the dark part know
2: know about i don't know because to me it's been a great experience and everyone i've met through it has been epic so
1: yeah i've definitely I've, i've definitely had like um nothing but positive experiences through that and and even like i don't find myself like oh i wish i had their life like that kind of you know you you hear that kind of stuff sometimes but definitely like i know a lot of people where it's like damn you guys got you got some work to do yeah when it comes to that kind of stuff
2: i think when social media first kind of came out and it first got really big people would see someone's life and think oh they've got it all it's all perfect yeah but i think now well from what i've noticed anyway people start to real talk more and you realize that you know there's a whole life behind certain photos and no one's life is perfect and
1: well i think one of the one of the posts that really like it was like shocking but in a good way was when you posted the photo where you'd like wet your pants ah, or like lunch yeah. or something like that yeah and it's like that to me was that's like ballsy for one because yeah.
2: see i didn't really think anything of it it's
1: just, yeah but yeah. i mean that but I, I guess that's why you do have a healthy relationship of it because you're not actively thinking about that kind of stuff but it's like so many people are just posting like the highlight reel and then here you are posting like
3: (laughs) just me and
2: my pee pants
1: yeah but I'm I'm (laughs) sure that's like a heavy thing for you to deal with and to put that out to that many people and yeah you know, show well, like, them the reality yeah. of like what you deal with
2: well i guess that's part of the reason i do it because i never really get any negative comments as a lot of people do on social media so i'm really lucky in that sense but one thing that people do say which is probably as negative as it gets is people just think that i'm like faking my injury for a story mm. or that you know i'm totally fine now so i can't you know i can't keep talking about my injury because i've completely recovered and people kind of think that it's not an ongoing thing, which is fine, that people think that if they don't know anything about spinal cord injuries. But I think that's part of the reason I talk about it because there's so many parts to a spinal cord injury that that you can't see. And I know from experience talking to other people in wheelchairs and stuff that something they're all very, well, not everyone, but most people are really embarrassed and ashamed to admit is all the bladder and bowel stuff that goes on. And I don't know why, I just don't. Yeah, like i don't yeah. know why i don't feel embarrassment i'm just lucky i don't know why i don't but so that's why i kind of wanted to talk about it more um so hopefully less people can feel embarrassed by it i don't know if that yeah. makes sense yeah
1: yeah no it, it does because it's like it's people can feel like they should hide from something yeah if it's the norm to yeah. hide from and it, it but then like if you're putting it out there, is like no you don't have to hide from this yeah
2: yeah and it's real well for me it's something that happens literally every single day so i imagine it's the same for a lot of other people but if you're not hearing about it or no one's talking about it it's it's like oh i better not tell anyone about that and even it doesn't have to be on social media obviously like i did but people i've found don't even tell people close to them that they um are incontinent that they pay themselves and i can't even imagine hiding that from people close to you because for me as i said it's every single day like if i was putting in so much effort to hide it from people and getting ashamed to be around people it would be so exhausting so you know i'm not trying to say that everyone needs to put on social media but i would love for people to be able to feel more open with their friends and family so they don't need to feel embarrassed in their everyday life
1: did you get that response from people like other people that had similar issues to where yeah. they were like, fuck, oh, maybe I can like talk about it?
2: Yeah, someone said to me that they told their this really shocked me, their husband of ten years or something. They finally told them that they're incontinent. And I was like, How have you hid this for ten years from your husband? That would take so, so much energy. Yeah. And so I just imagine the relief that they feel after that, after being able to be open about something like that. And another girl said to me in person, actually, I met this girl and she said to me that she was deaf or part deaf in one ear or something, actually in both ears, but one, she could wear a hearing aid and then she could hear a little bit, but she was always too embarrassed to wear her hearing aid. So really? she, so she didn't. So she went around just bit deaf. And then she told me that after I shared about using catheters and all that, that she felt more comfortable to wear her hearing aids so now she can hear. And I was like, whoa. Like, it just astounds me, the things that people get embarrassed about that you really don't need to. (laughs) Like, medical stuff, it's not, you know, anyone's fault, the medical things you need to deal with. So why should we need to be embarrassed by certain things?
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. So when she told me that, I was like, okay, wow. Well, if that post helped her with that, I should definitely talk about this more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was – that was one where – it's like it, it really became real to like you could see your intentions for the way that you post and the things that you say it's like there wasn't anything contrived or like it's not didn't seem like oh this chick's doing this for attention or That's anything what people
2: said to me i'm like look if i wanted attention i think there's better things to get attention for than peeing your pants like, yeah. what a thing to be known for
1: but to, to <laughs> me it seemed like that was yeah that almost gave me like the opposite yeah it's like well this is super real like you wouldn't you wouldn't post this if you were doing it for any other reason than just like this is what it is
2: yeah it's just sharing the truth because I talk about all the other aspects I guess and that that is something that I don't I think I forget that um people on social media don't know that aspect of my life as well because in my life it's so real and happening like so currently, I mean, so frequently throughout Mm. the day. So my friends and everyone know fully about it. But on social media, if I don't talk about it, no one would know about it. But I can forget because it's such a prominent part of my life. So then when I shared that, I yeah, I didn't even – I just assumed that everyone would already know that that's kind of something that I was dealing with. But, yeah, yeah, people – didn't obviously because i didn't talk about it yeah so it was kind of cool to be able to inform people of something they didn't know yeah yeah
1: and so like you were on like the project and so it's like it seems like you're starting to like become more of like a public figure in this kind of world i guess yeah well
2: i just love talking about it and kind of sharing the story and i think that i i guess why i talk about it is because i got so much from a near-death experience and living in a spinal ward and i've learned so much from those experiences and living with an injury that i'd love to share that with other people so other people can learn those same lessons but without having to go through something so traumatic to learn them so i guess that's why i kind of like talking about it
1: yeah and (laughs) i mean it's awesome like you need people like yourself to do it and even like uh yeah, we had this guy, Robbie Madison, on who's like crazy. He's like the evil Knievel of mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, he was talking about like depression and, and uh, concussions and different things. And it, you you do like, even for me, like I put out, out the podcast and then I get all the, every episode, you get all the DMs of people that are listening to it and yeah. taking out their little bits out of it. Yeah. And it's like, it almost takes like the person that you would never expect to deal with something for then it to become like relatable to the per like this pretty blonde girl that lives on the beach in the gold coast talking about (laughs) all this stuff it's almost like you would never expect that person to be going through what they go through and it's it almost it's like the more shocking or the more shocking is probably not the word but the more it seems like that person wouldn't be a spokesperson for that particular cause the more likely it is for people to listen yeah like when you see robbie madison like there's people that just idolize this dude that's he's a hero and then you hear him talk about depression and like i got messages from people saying like oh, i've told my family that i've had depression my whole life wow off that wow and it's like because if robbie madison can you yeah. get depressed then maybe it's okay for yeah. me to be
2: and i think it just reminds people that everyone's got something everyone's going through mm. something and no one's life especially when they see a hero or an idol yeah and they realize they've got stuff going on as well they realize no one's got it all together
1: yeah for yeah, sure. so it
2: helps people with whatever they're going through
1: and i think like i started thinking about this um with all like the suicides and stuff that we were seeing in celebrities yeah the last couple of years and it's like You, society tells all these celebrities, like, you've got everything. Yeah. Oh, your life must be amazing. And then they're going, well, I feel like shit. Yeah. So it's like, I've got everything and I still feel nothing. Then it's like, well, what else can I get to Mm -hmm. make this better? If I've got everything, well, where do I go from here? Yeah. Well, the answer is I close the curtains on this motherfucker Mm. and I'm out. And it's, so, it, it's like this – it's like a slippery slope, eh, of telling people or, like, the perception that everyone's okay or just because you have X, Y, and Z, the money, the cars, the fame, that that's yeah. the recipe to be happy.
2: Yeah. It's not,
1: and it's not – And it's not everyone does have those issues. And it's like I wonder if that sort of mentality of, like, that, you know, you worship these people and you tell them they have everything, is that the reason we're seeing – people you know kill themselves in these. yeah you know this like they're celebrities they've got everything
2: yeah yeah and i think well from what i've noticed anyway a lot more people are opening up about stuff these yeah. days which is great and i think will really help um but yeah it's really sad
1: yeah <laughs> and <laughs> it it does seem like there is more of a like we're pulling away the filter Yeah. In a way.
2: Yeah, everyone's kind of being more real.
1: Because even like with Elle on Instagram, like she talks a lot about like anxiety and and a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's like it it really wasn't cool to talk about it. There was a stigma for a long time.
2: And now it's like, oh, okay, we can kind of talk about anything (laughs) that's going on.
1: Why do you think that is? Like what changed?
2: I don't know. I feel like as a whole society, everyone's a lot more accepting these days. I don't know why that is, but everyone is kind of yeah accepting of whatever people are going through and there's less discrimination well that's what i've noticed anyway
1: but does it frustrate you because i think the same thing um i don't think there's ever been a better time to be a human being on planet yeah, Earth. yeah we're very lucky it's the 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 best time ever yeah for the vast majority of the world yeah and does it frustrate you when you like do you follow much of like the negativity that kind of does come up and like even with like the, um, you know, you hear people still talk about racism, you'll still talk about like transphobia, you'll still talk about all these issues. And it's like, man, like it, we're pretty good. Like yeah. when's the last time you saw a racist action in the street in public?
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. But I guess we're, yeah, we're very lucky here in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it would be like elsewhere, but yeah, I guess it all <laughs> does still go on. But in our little bubble here yeah yeah things are improving
1: but it seems like it's in these bubbles because i mean i lived in the states for like six years seven years and it's like the people that have it the best are the ones that whinge the most yeah maybe yeah i'm like we don't need to be negative about like we this is the good time people are accepting you can go on social media and talk about depression and anxiety yeah, and and
2: people support you and people will yeah.
1: support you and it's so i don't know it seems like someone's pushing a narrative that that's not the case
2: yeah and yeah to me in that's my experience yeah it is the case that people are very accepting um but yeah that's just my experience i guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know
1: but i think it that's mm. most people yeah like and obviously there is still prejudice and there is still Negative stuff that goes on, but it's yeah. like I—I I don't think it will ever completely go away. Yeah, there is human nature. Yeah, that is at play in those kind of. Yeah, like that's, that's just, that's just yeah. how people are wide. Like yeah. there is negativity. You'll yeah. never stamp out yeah, all negativity, but it just seems like nowadays where where we are super lucky.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's really improving. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah, what what gets like. What does get you fired up these days? What stuff that you're, like, really working towards? What's...
2: Oh, what gets me fired up? Is it a good way or a bad way? No,
1: like, good way. Like, yeah, like, fires you up. What motivates you?
2: Um, oh, I don't know. I think something that I'm... Well, what I'm most passionate about, I would say, is spinal cord injuries. Yeah. And, um, talking about that, um... And kind of, I want to find more ways, which I haven't really done yet, but I want to find more ways to help raise money for Mm. that and help find a cure for, as I said, just people that I know in wheelchairs. I'm like, I would love to see you walking. Yeah. Like that gets me going.
1: (laughs) And (laughs) so are you involved with like certain charities and stuff like that? Or is that part of like the public speaking thing that you want to do more of that kind of stuff? Yeah.
2: I think I haven't really... Touched. I've done some stuff with the Perry Cross Foundation, raised some money for that because he's incredible. But I haven't really done much myself yet. But yeah, doing more speaking, which I've only just started this year, really is what I. Yeah, that's what I want to kind of get more yep. into, more involved in.
1: Are you at the stage where you need to get like a management or something to sort of help you kind of um get this stuff going? Or? Yeah,
2: I have. Yeah, I have people that help me because I'm. Yeah, I'm not very good business-wise and in organising things. I'm a very unorganised person. <laughs> like, it's really bad. Um So, yeah, I have people who help me with that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Mm.
1: You got to, yeah, it's like, because it, it is a process to, like, I mean, you could sit here and be like, I want to help do this, but it's yeah. like you've, you've got to yeah, start to kind yeah, of get the ball rolling. Exactly.
2: And, and I don't always know. I always can see, like, the end goal, but I can't see how to get there. So, you need people who help mm. you with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like. Yeah, you're probably getting to the stage now where oh, pardon me. um you will need to get some people to kind of help you go yeah. through it. Because at the end of the day, like you were twenty when the injury happened and so much of your life has been consumed with like getting better. Yeah. And then I guess through the social media stuff, you're like, Oh, okay, I do have a voice, I do have a platform, yeah. I do like I guess people resonate with what you're saying. But it's yeah. like you it's not like you were this business person no, that, like no, no, no. you had a background in
2: yeah I don't know what I'm doing and I still kind of feel like I'm 20 and I guess as you just said because for the fa- for the past five years I've kind of just been in this rehab
1: your life's bubble, been on hold almost. and it's
2: been on hold and I haven't gone to uni like most of my friends and I haven't been working all these I guess regular jobs that you know I would have done otherwise and I feel like I've not that I've missed out not that i'm sad about missing out but i feel like i've missed out on a lot of general life lessons you learn yeah. from 20 to 25 and it's really hard to explain and imagine unless you've kind of been through something like that but i really do feel like i yeah i'm still 20 in a way but yeah. then on the other hand i feel a lot older because of what i've been through but yeah i feel like i've missed out on a lot of things that other people have learned even the other day we went to a bar in i was in melbourne on the weekend went to a bar and i was just looking around i was like i have never been to a place like this like i just forget that there's people out on the weekends going out drinking things like that like it's just a thing that i i miss that whole stage yeah and it's really bizarre and i'm still kind of learning things that i'm thinking oh like miss that yeah (laughs) Yeah. that,
1: that i could see that you'd be like so naive to some stuff yeah but so wise in other areas
2: yeah it's weird sometimes yeah sometimes I feel a lot
1: older Older and I feel like
2: I've been through a lot that has kind of aged me but then yeah on the other hand I'm like I'm just 20 I don't know what I'm doing yeah (laughs) yeah
1: I could see how that that would work
2: yeah it's weird
1: do you ever have like a lot of negative thoughts or do you have times where you do like hit rough patches or have you kind of you feel like you've kind of ironed all those kinks out now and you're
2: kind yeah,
1: of spend the majority I, of the time being pretty upbeat about everything.
2: Yeah, I think after five years, I've really just gotten used to my injury, I guess, and learned how to live with it as I, as I need to. But for the first few years, things, yeah, could be really frustrating, just kind of trying to adapt to a body that doesn't work the way that you're used to it working and trying to um, learn how to do all new things. But now I... I don't know. Nothing really gets me down. Things can be frustrating still, but um, yeah, yeah. I think I've just gotten used to it.
1: Yeah what yeah. what stuff does get frustrating?
2: Um, just sometimes when I want to do things that I can't do, or because I was always really sporty and active before my accident, um, seeing things even one thing which doesn't really make me upset but i just think oh like i really want to do that is when i'm at the beach and i see someone running along the beach like mm. it's just something so simple but i'm like i would love to do that yeah. like it would mean the world to me to go for a run um so things like that can be just a bit like yeah oh, like yeah yeah not really sad anymore but just like uh oh well like that's not what i can do but then you just have to flip it and think of, you know, all the things I am still lucky enough to be able to do.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, sp- yeah, I mean, I guess I suppose after all this time, you, I guess you've just been used to the limitations. and Yeah, everything's
2: kind of just my new normal. Mm. Like I don't remember how it feels to walk without a limp or to walk with feeling in your legs. I don't remember.
1: Really? So you couldn't remember, like you, you don't feel? because I guess you could remember, in a way, but you couldn't feel the feeling. Yeah, that I couldn't makes, feel the yeah. feeling,
2: and I don't remember how it feels to to pee like to mm. pee normally. Because now I need to use catheters, I genuinely don't remember like how you do that. It's so bizarre. Everything that in my body now is just my normal. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's pretty crazy the way that your like the human body can like kind of just keep trucking yeah with, with injuries that way
2: yeah and it finds a way around things like i didn't realize that you could walk without calf muscles but my body is somehow adapted to just use all these other muscles instead it's yeah it's really cool
1: <laughs> yeah do you but so you, like how do your muscles stay there when you they're not being used like because you'd still have calf muscles right
2: well yeah they're they're still there but they're they're very what's the word Atrophied, like very small and if you feel my calf it's just like um jiggly it's just like fat no there's no hard muscle bit in there anymore yeah yeah
1: that's crazy yeah Mm. you kind of think because even like when they say like you're when you like balance or whatever like how much your toes even yeah like come into play with like balance
2: yeah my balance used to be really hard because you use the feeling in your legs to balance which i didn't realize but so now i've kind of just gotten used to it but my balance used to be so bad like i'd fall over all the time but if i was to stand up now and close my eyes i wouldn't be out of balance really yeah Nah. and my feet are yeah constantly kind of grabbing At the ground, my feet actually are probably one of the main problems I have. My toes are in a constant, I don't know what you call it, claw position, which gets, it's really odd because I can't feel my feet as such, but I can feel a pain in like kind of in the bottom of my foot and up, up my calf because they're constantly clawed and constantly really tight. So that's probably one of the main issues, I guess, which is why I have to get massages and stuff, but yeah, balance is definitely <laughs> trickier now than it used to be. Do
1: you, did you ever get, like, the a lot of nerve pain as well? No,
2: I'm really lucky. I never got um, nerve pain or spasms, which is lucky because...
1: Yeah, because I know a lot of people that have, like, yeah. insane amounts of nerve pain. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, nah.
1: That's, yeah. So yeah, I think my
2: level that. of injury is different in that sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't get those. Thank God. Yeah.
1: So... I guess, like, have you ever looked into, like, stem cells and all that kind of stuff?
2: Not really. I often get messages about it, actually. Where are they doing it in the world? Another country? I'm not sure. So,
1: Panama is, like, has a really crazy stem cell facility. Uh, uh-huh. And then you can do a lot of stuff in Mexico. There's a bunch of countries in Europe. Yeah, that, Germany, that yeah, I feel Germ- like. Germany was one of the first, like, really big places that you could do it. Like, i right. pretty sure, like... Oh, it was like years ago. I think like Ronaldo or Kobe Bryant. You know, it might have been Kobe Bryant. I'm pretty sure he did his like an ACL injury of his knee. And he was pretty old at the time. He was like in his 30s, in old basketball. Yeah, old. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure he got like an ACL replacement or like ACL surgery. And then he went to Germany and just got like pumped full of stem cells to wow. help so heal so And that was like a long time ago. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Germany was like one of the yeah. first ones. Yeah. yeah,
2: I've heard that too. Yeah, because I, I get a lot of messages being like, come to Germany, we've got this treatment, this treatment. And I haven't really looked too much into it and I'm sure I will one day. But I guess for the past five years, I kind of in my mind had the mentality of, um, I, I don't know, I was trying to focus on being happy whether I got better or not. So Because yeah. I never wanted to put the focus on getting physically better because if I did, I was scared that that would be all I would focus on, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people, not a lot actually, but I remember when I was in the spinal unit, I met a guy and he said to me, "Um, yeah, I won't be happy until I can walk. And this is back when I couldn't walk either. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to think like that. Yeah, because what if we can't walk again? Then does that mean we'll be unhappy for the rest of our life? So I never put focus on looking into other treatments and stuff because I, I don't know, I didn't want that to be my end goal, Mm. even though it would be incredible to be completely healed. And I think now that's something I could start looking more into, but that's why I didn't.
1: In the initially yeah. yeah i don't know if that makes sense no that makes a lot of sense oh, that's, i cool. think that's a super balanced perspective to have because if i guess it's like that like you said like happiness being tied to a thing yeah and if you don't have that thing then you don't have happiness yeah and i think to put your own happiness first whether you were getting better or not i think that's a super smart kind of rational way to do it.
2: And it was always really important to me to think like that. Even as I was getting better, I was really grateful for it. But I was always really cautious to remind myself, like, even if I don't get completely better, I'm still going to be fine. Um, Which I'm really glad that I had that way of thinking because even now I could, I guess, look at my bladder and bowel and the the lack of feeling and think, oh, like I'm still not happy because I'm not better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you never get that stuff back.
2: Yeah. Then it'd just be I feel like you'd live your life in waiting, I guess. Mm. Waiting.
1: Did you do you ever or did you ever feel guilty that you did get Yeah better?
2: All the time, still.
1: Do you still have that?
2: Yeah. When I was in the spinal ward, I was in the physio section and there were probably six other patients doing physio at the same time. And because we'd all been in there for months together we were all kind of at the same stage of not really being able to move much at all and they were still laying there doing those same exercises but while I got up and could walk and I, like, obviously was so happy but at the same time I just hated it. Like I didn't understand why I got so lucky and they didn't. It just didn't feel fair. Like people always say to me, do you ever think why me? Like why me? Did I have a skydiving accident? And I'm like, no, I think why me? Did I get better? And I think that's part of the reason why I feel obliged to share so much of my story and talk about it because I'm so lucky. Like I'm so, so, so lucky and not many people get what I've got. And I don't know why I got it, but I feel like there's some kind of reason for it and maybe it's to share what mm. everything I've learned. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because like the the whole um, survivor's guilt Is a super real thing, Uh, even when when you see, like, a lot of veterans when they come back from wars and things Mm -hmm. like that. It's not the traumatic shit that they went through that really messes them up. It's the fact that they lived and their friends died. Yeah. And they get that guilt that a lot of people can't seem to shake.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so hard to explain because you're so grateful, but you just want it for everyone. Mm. And you're like, why, why did I get given all this? And I think that's part of the reason why I try to be so active and go for walks all the time and do things that I couldn't do in a wheelchair. I kind of feel like I'm doing it for the other people who mm. haven't got better. Like I, you know, if I have the opportunity to go for a walk, I'm going to take it um, and just really make the most of the legs that i have and try yeah because oh, i yeah it really gets me sometimes
1: yeah 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 i could see that being a thing that you'd almost be like self-conscious about
2: yeah and sometimes i stop myself saying a lot online or i don't think i should say something because i think like when i'm talking about my injury because i think you know how Like I don't know what it's like to live my life in a wheelchair. Who am I to talk about that when Mm -hmm. there's people that are dealing with this every single day? And I have friends, um, Beck always tells me who worked in Making Strides and um, I have another friend, Sam, who's in a wheelchair and he always tells me like, no, Emma, you do understand. You have every right to talk about your injury and you can relate. But I kind of, um, yeah, feel like I'm not, I don't know, like I, not
1: qualified yeah anyway. not
2: qualified to talk about it or to um you know complain about what i've been through because people have got it way worse
1: yeah but mm. i think that it sort of comes back to what i was saying before though is like you see this gorgeous girl that is blonde lives on the beach and you know has these bikini photos and it, it almost like that's not what you think when you think spinal cord injury yeah so it's like an attention grabber it it does pull people in like a as bad as it is to say, it's like it's easy to see a person in the wheelchair and be like blasé about it. In, yeah, in a way, like it's not shocking to people. Like we've yeah. seen, we've seen it. You obviously feel bad, but it's like people just can move on. Yeah, for, it doesn't. It's not like a attention grabber. But I think someone in your position to then, when you look back and you see the whole story, it, it is like a it's shocking that you went through what you did and then here you are on the other side of it. So it's like, I feel like it's that, you know, you kind of would, you could feel guilty for that, but then it's almost like, well, you grab people's attention. You turn heads with your story because it's not typical. It's not normal. It's not what people think. And it almost does make you stop and pay attention because yeah, we're, we're used to seeing people in wheelchairs.
2: Yeah, and I guess people can relate the situation to themselves where, when they see me walking because, yeah. you know, they can relate that to themselves. And when they see I was just, you know, an average 20-year-old girl travelling the world who got injured, most people have done that same thing. So they can, um, yeah, relate the story to their lives, I guess. More. Mm. Yeah.
1: Because, yeah, it is hard to put yourself in the shoes of a, person that is in a wheelchair when you've never been yeah. in that position before
2: yeah yeah definitely
1: yeah mm. it's he- heavy to heavy to think about that yeah. that kind of stuff but yeah I, I definitely that guilt of getting better like i could yeah i could see you wanting to just be in a wheelchair to yeah not... i
2: i feel like i owe the world something for getting better like mm. i feel like i need to just live a really great life just say thanks (laughs) you know what I mean
1: but that's a balanced way to look at it as well though Mm. you know like yeah. yeah I feel like it's it's definitely crazy for you to be as young as you were when it happened and then to think especially like what you said about um where what were you saying where you oh you wanted to be happy whether or not you got better or not yeah like that that's a really wise way to i think i I didn't think of that you know like and even with the the friends that i've kind of um know with with injuries and it's like it's definitely feel like to have that attitude at the very start as a 20 year old chicks like a pretty it's a pretty wise thing to to kind of look at it Mm. wise way to look at it
2: yeah oh thanks
1: did you did you do like a lot of reading or anything like that to kind of like cultivate those type of um, ideas or that just came to you?
2: Yeah, no, I've never really been a reader. I think when I was laying on the ground and I talk about this a lot, when I was laying on the ground, paralyzed thinking, you know, I wish I just died. I remember really, really clearly thinking, Um, my biggest fear wasn't that I'd never walk again. It was that I'd never feel happiness again because I just couldn't imagine living the rest of your life and never feeling happiness again. And that was from the very moment I landed my biggest fear. So for me, I've always since then put happiness really high on my list of things that I want to be. And, yeah, when I heard that guy to say to me in hospital, you know, I'll not be happy unless I'll walk. And I didn't even, even realise it until that moment that I was probably thinking the same thing, that, yeah, I'll be happy when I can start walking again. Yeah. And But when hearing him say it like that, I was like, oh. that's sounded like morbid. That's, Yeah, I was like, that's not a really – like, that's not a reliable way to think because, you know, we might never walk again. And back then yeah. it was looking like I wouldn't. And I was like, okay, well – if walking isn't the answer to happiness what is i have to find something else
1: Mm. Mm. did you feel like bad for the what you put your family through as well no i should (laughs) have it yeah because like i mean even like i got sick a couple years ago and i had like a bunch of these kidney surgeries and like there was one point where i was like wigging out on the on the thing and they had like all the doctors and the crash cart and like the whole thing yeah and i remember yeah. oh it was gnarly i was laying there i'd just come out of surgery and my blood pressure was like ridiculously high like i was about to have a stroke oh my god and they were like pumping me full of all this like anti-stroke medication any anti- like the blood pressure it's like lower my bro nothing worked and i yeah. was like just i was like having like a not like a seizure. You know when you see people like shaking out of control? Yeah. They like had to strap me down to the bed and shit. Wow. And all I was thinking about is like, fuck, you're such a dick for making your mom watch this. (laughs) So like I just – because my mom was like just there looking. Yeah. And just like she was just freaking out. Yeah. And I was – and I wasn't even – I remember not thinking about me – And thinking about my mum being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel like such a dick right now. Because, like, I was putting (laughs) them through that. that.
2: And it'd be so hard to watch, yeah, your child, yeah, yeah, go through something like that.
1: Did you think that with Um, your mum? I remember
2: thinking when I was falling, I remember thinking, like, oh my God, Gemma, my best friend, is going to find me dead on the ground. Like, that sucks. So I remember, yeah, I was like, sorry about that. Um, And I remember thinking about that. but in hospital, no, well, everyone was just really good to me and really there for me. And I guess at the time I didn't realise how much it would have affected everyone else. Yeah. Um, and at the time I guess I was just thinking like, oh, my God, this this is so hard for me. Like I can't believe I'm going through this. But now I can see how it would have affected everyone. But at the time I was just like, poor me.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I guess that's being 20 though. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah but yeah it would have been so hard to you know my mum and sister flew over and i remember they said they expected to get there and see me you know all bruised and broken and crying in bed and then when they got there i was just like hey what's (laughs) happening how's it going and they're like oh my god
1: (laughs) just typical you
2: yeah i'm like sorry
1: (laughs) yeah i've like because race and motocross we um we used to get hurt all the time yeah and i remember i broke my ankle and uh I was like 16. I just got my, my learners or something. And me and my, my mate, we like took his dad's car without it, without our proper licenses. And we went riding in this cane paddock. I smashed my ankle. Then I called. I was like, had to drive to the hospital, like holding my foot because it was like completely broken. And I'm like holding it out the window. And I'm just thinking the whole time. I was just like, fuck, Mum's going to be so pissed off. <laughs> and uh, we got to the hospital. And they're like, do you want to call your mum? And I don't even think I had a mobile phone at this time. And I was like, oh, nah. Nah, not don't worry about it. <laughs> it. And uh, so then I'm I'm laying in hospital and they're like, okay, so your leg is for sure broken. Do you want to call your mum? And I'm like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. And they're like, <laughs> well, you, you might have to have surgery. We need you to call your mum. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck, just fully avoiding it so hard. <laughs> but I just remember I actually called her and I was like, all right, mum. So I'm in hospital. It's not broken, but... <laughs> I've hurt my leg and she's like is well is it broken or is it not broken and I was like I don't think it's broken <laughs> I think
2: it's fine I was like, "I think
1: it'll be all right and she's like well why are you calling me if it's not broken and I'm like oh oh well the hospital they just said and she's like well I met your sisters in Steadford. I'll come when it's done so like she just rocked up like hours later she was so pissed but every time I got hurt I used to just think like, I just get guilty for like people having to like Yeah. Bring me food and shit like that. I I can I can see
2: that now. But yeah, the time was the opposite. I called my mum from the ground while I was laying there. Really? Fully paralysed.
1: No shit. And
2: I was like, help.
1: (laughs) You called your mum from the ground.
2: Yeah, because Gemma ran I think there must have been some like a random person walking past. So she ran up to them, grabbed their mobile, just like took it off them, called the ambulance or whoever. I don't know how she knew to call them. Her instructor must have told her the number or something. And then she called my mum, and she said to my mum on the phone, she's like, Emma's been in a skydiving accident. And my mum was just like, no, she hasn't. Like it just, it doesn't seem real. And because me and Gemma had been best friends since we were like four, we'd, all, we'd grown up together and mum knew her just as well. And we'd always do pranks and stuff like that. So Mum thought like this is a shit prank. Like yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, you that's heavy. <laughs> but she didn't believe her, and then so she put me on the phone, and she would have just been able to tell from my voice that yeah, it was real. And I would because I was just so What did you destroyed. say to her? I don't remember. See, this is the point in time where it's kind of my memory's Starts a bit to hazy. Get weird. Um, I think I was just saying like I can't move my legs, and everyone kept telling me, um, back then even the ambulance, I think was saying like your body's just in shock it'll all come back like in a few hours you'll be fine yeah and so that's what my mum was saying too and i was like i don't know like
1: this feels pretty bad (laughs) like
2: i can't wriggle my toes hey yeah so in the beginning people didn't realize it was as bad as i was until i went and got the scans done and had the surgery and Mm. that's when they saw like no your spinal cord's like pretty messed up
1: so did they have to put like plates and rods in your spine yeah i like and stuff. yeah
2: i've got i think three of them are joined with rods i don't really know what's in there and then i also broke my pelvis so i've got a big Ugh. screw in there when you look at the x-ray it's literally just like this big screw it looks like they got from bunnings and just like chucked it in there have you
1: ever <laughs> watched like hospital vi- like surgery videos no
2: but once i had to get a surgery on i don't know i think it was my bladder or something and i youtubed it before and i was like i'm never doing this again Yeah,
1: (laughs) have you like you need to you need to youtube a uh someone like break like a femur surgery like you know the femur the top bone i'm almost tempted to youtube one right now it's
2: watching surgeries they
1: like straight up so like they'll put this big rod Mm. the femur is the biggest bone in your body they like cut it in half and then we're just like it's just a fucking Makita saw like it's just a power tool and they just Just, and then they get a rod and then they just go "Dos, dos with a hammer like,
2: like it's not a bone. Like it's just
1: no. They're just a hand- bit of brick. They're just handyman. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just go in. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. I would hate to know what they did to my spine. Like clearly it helped, but I would just hate to see it.
1: Yeah, it's full on. A eh? like mm. and even uh so, I got a friend of mine. He broke his femur twice.
3: Jeez.
2: Oh, same track. The same one.
1: Same track. Same corner. Same everything. Yeah. so One year, he's there at the race. He's one of the best riders in, in well at the time. He's one of the best riders in the world. Goes over the handlebars, breaks his femur, lays on the ground, foots backwards, the whole thing, like legs completely backwards. Yeah. Goes to the hospital, put in the the rod, starts his recovery. A year later, his first race back is at that same track. Same turn, same everything, same bone, snaps it. (gasps) But this time, like when you break a bone, when there's a rod in there, the rod can bend. And then they can't pull it out.
2: Oh my god. Because it's bent. So what'd they do?
1: They have to chop your bone up into like a bunch of pieces and pull it out piece by piece. <laughs> it's no joke.
2: Oh. Did he ever go to that track again?
1: I don't know. I can't I feel like he has.
3: I feel like he shouldn't.
1: Yeah, no. He he's actually uh he's like a crazy stuntman now. So he did like did you see Mad Max with the you no. didn't see the new Mad Max? I don't watch Tom any Tom Hardy. It's pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, he did all the stunts in that. He did the stunts in like the new Triple X. What's the he did Pirates of the Caribbean. Like he's oh, a cool. crazy, crazy yeah. good stunt man. But yeah, so he quit motocross and went into stunts wow. after
2: that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: surgeries are yeah. heavy. Yeah, they're heavy. Even when I got my kidney operated on, they did like because I've only got one kidney and then this kidney was jacked, so they Normally they do the procedure like keyhole, yeah. But they're like, we don't want to have any room for variables oh, so here. Got a
2: big scar. So they
1: did like the big cut. Oh wow! And like, man, when I woke up, like I've been through some shit with injuries and yeah. stuff. That was just something else. Yeah. Like the pain, it felt like every time I moved, all of my insides were just about to expl. Like, felt like everything that was inside was gonna go outside oh. if I moved too far. What a feeling! Oh, it was terrible, oh. but. Yeah, it's just like they mm. cut through all the muscles. They cut through yeah. everything. Like it's no joke.
2: Yeah. How's your scar now? I really like scars. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a <laughs> I, people always say to me, like, oh, do you want to do something about your scars? I'm like, nah, I love them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I got a couple because I had a. I got one down there as well from a motorbike crash. I like perforated my bow. <gasps> so I had to get like four or five inches of my bow removed. Oh, wow. I was only six, too. Oh,
2: my gosh. Yeah,
1: it was not a good deal. Crazy. M- mum was pretty. So that's why I'm self-conscious about yeah my injuries, my mum, because she's just that's been so, so much. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, mum. Yeah, well, like, my brother broke... When I broke my leg, my brother broke his leg. Same so we, time. Yeah, but he had like <laughs> six operations on his. He had like a staph infection. Like it oh, was... Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, that's hard.
2: I broke my arm um, at the same time my sister broke her leg on the same day.
1: How did you but, not break your arms, Goada like crash? Yeah, I don't you know, like, yeah, I don't know how I didn't LSA. break more
2: I broke my back, my pelvis,
1: my what's sternum? this sternum. That's I've done that. That sucks. Well
2: I didn't even know I broke it until probably like two years ago. I was reading my medical reports and said broken sternum. And I was like, just literally no one told me.
3: What the hell? <laughs> I
2: guess because when you have a spinal cord injury, like yeah, that's, yeah, the focus. that's the focus. Like, I always forget that I broke my pelvis because it just didn't matter in the scheme of things. Um, and I shattered my teeth. Oh. Um, but yeah, that was it. I didn't, I had maybe like one little scratch on my face, but I looked fine. And yeah, I don't know how I didn't like pull my arms out when I was going to land and snap them or, you know, I was bleeding everywhere. I looked fine. It was weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: To think that you, fell from yeah however many thousand feet
2: but i often think that i probably broke more um and it
1: just didn't didn't x-ray realize yeah Yeah.
2: even now i had an x-ray the other day like two days ago on my leg because because i can't feel them i never know if i've hurt myself or not and my leg was just super swollen for like two weeks really swollen i was like why is that and that was while i was in europe and so i actually came back early because i was so worried about it Yeah, and I was like, uh, I don't think I did anything, but can I just have an x-ray on my leg? Because I just never know what's broken or what's not. And I think it's fine because I haven't heard back. But, yeah. The I, swelling
1: went down? Just
2: Yeah, it's fine now.
1: <laughs> that's bizarre. <laughs> so
2: weird. Um, But, yeah, so I honestly think I could have broken my arms or something and now they've just healed yeah. naturally and I just didn't know about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, like, that's the priority, obviously, when yeah. you're in those. But that's what people said, like, when I went into with the kidney thing they're like because i only had one and then they're yeah. like, well how did you not know you only had one kidney i was like well, I don't oh one, you I don't didn't
2: know. have one removed no you no no, i born with was one. born
1: with one oh. yeah well i was born with two but the it happens like they just don't develop oh, so you has got, got a got, mini like,
2: kidney in there
1: yeah like pretty it's just nothing oh, like wow. it's like that when you're a baby it just yeah. doesn't grow so, but yeah, and they're like, how oh, did you not know that? And I was like, well, when, Why would, would, I? I have, yeah. when would I have gone to... <laughs> Who checks to s- how many
2: kidneys they have? Yeah. yeah.
1: But apparently it's like one in 300 people only have one kidney.
2: Ah, well, there you go.
1: More common than you think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I mean, I've like raced motocross and done all that shit my whole yeah. life. And it's like, that's probably partied a lot, like yeah. drunk a lot of beers <laughs> to where you're like, I eh, probably shouldn't have done that on one yeah. kidney. Yeah. But it's funny, like, what for whatever reason... Like, I just pretty much don't drink now. Because, like, the hangovers I get are just, Ah. like, so, so bad.
2: Because of the kidney.
1: Mm. But I don't know whether it's just, like, a mental thing because, like... Well, I've always got pretty bad hangovers. Like, there was one time I was actually in Switzerland and um, I was filming Supercross. Mm -hmm. And they're all sponsored by Monster Energy. So, they have, like, this huge party thing. So, like, after the race... Like, the Monster Energy thing was in the car park. There was, like, 40,000 people yeah. were in the car park of this stadium in Geneva. And we had, like, VIP things through Monster. Yeah. And I was just drinking, like, Jaeger and Monster all <laughs> night. And I got up in the... Mor- well, I was, like, I was, like, all right, well, here's the thing. I'll drink all night and I'll stay up all night and then I'll just get on the plane. Like, I won't go to sleep. Because yeah. if you go to sleep for, like, a couple hours, that's when you feel really shit. <laughs> So I was like, I'll just be drunk through the airport and I'll get on the plane yeah. and then I'll sleep for the flight. Yeah. And then my girlfriend at the time called me and she was like, what are you doing? Your flight's not till one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it's oh a long time to stay no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I thought it was like five in the morning. Yeah. But I think because of 24 hour time, like I just yeah. didn't, Yeah. I just didn't think about it. So then I was like, shit. So I, it was like three in the morning at this point. So I was like, I went back to my room and I went to bed cause I was like, I need to sleep. And then I woke up at like eight in the morning, and the the headache that I had was like unbelievable. <laughs> and the dude that I was with, I went walked into the I walked into the uh, bathroom, and I just laid on the shower floor, <laughs> and I was just like vomiting everywhere, oh, like pretty gross. much just vomiting Yeah. And then I uh, I he kept coming in, and he's like, "Dude, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go." All my camera gear, everything was everywhere i was like hey man i'm not going anywhere
2: you didn't get your flight
1: no i did but <laughs> i made him pack all my bags pack my stuff i made him get my clothes out of my bag i made him <laughs> dress me like this he was like wiping me down like i was oh my God. i was that hungover like we we walked through did you go to the airport in geneva no like i didn't go to geneva no nah. oh okay Zurich. oh okay Zurich. yeah so in then the airport there was like dudes were like machine guns and shit like security
2: <laughs> that would have got you
1: and i was like i <laughs> almost want to steal something just so i can get shot because then i'll get morphine like that's oh how that's how bad my hangover wow
2: was. i don't think i've ever had a hangover because it yeah you just don't drink hangover. that much hey? well, just never
1: <laughs> you never drink at all
2: not really maybe i have a corona every once in the, again but not really
1: I feel like you need to experience a legit hangover yeah well see
2: this is another thing because i was 20 and before my accident, I was working at a nightclub, so I was never going out because I was working there. Uh. And it was really fun, but I just didn't really go out. And then for the past five years, I haven't either. And I'm like, I feel like I missed that whole Drinking stage. thing, yeah. Like, I don't know what a hangover feels like, but it doesn't sound great.
1: Nah, that's shit. But I feel like <laughs> it's something you should experience. I'm sure
2: once in my life I will.
1: Oh Yeah, but I, I ended up. I ended up throwing up at the airport a bunch, <laughs> and then I got l- super lucky. Well, so I had to fly from Geneva to Zurich, mm-hmm. and then there was actually like a New Zealand couple on the flight, like on the plane next to me. Yeah. And then I, they're like, "Hey, how are you?" And I had like a beanie on. I look like death, <laughs> and like because you know when you've been vomiting, in your eyes are yep. all the bloodshot. Like I look like shit. And then the the chick was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And then she's like, "Oh, you're Australian," <laughs> and I was like i just wanted to be like shut the fuck up like please (laughs) shut up but then i was like i was like yeah 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 and i was like look i'm sorry i'm like really hungover (laughs) so then i pulled my beanie over my face (laughs) and i just put my head on the chair in front of me and then yeah i was like it's because it's a pretty short flight and they were like like are you sure you're okay and i was like just stop yeah (laughs) and then so we got to zurich airport threw up again and then the guy, like the rider that I was there to film is like a mm-hmm. famous motocross dude. And he was, he's a big dude. And he was in between uh, two people on like the aisle sort of side of the plane. Yeah. And I had four seats to myself oh, on nice. the middle. So then he, he gets up to me and he's like, hey, Jace, Jace, let me. I would have said me. no. I just pretended to be asleep. And it was before <laughs> we'd even taken off. And he's like. He just blew up in the middle of the plane, and then the the flight attendant. It's like Malcolm Stewart. The dude's like a famous <laughs> motocross guy, and uh, he's like, "Fuck you, man! I know you're not asleep, and I just played dead." Like, nice. yeah, I was like, "You see, ever seen like when dogs like get ducks, and the <laughs> ducks pretend to play dead, and then as soon as the dog lets them go, they run, <laughs> they run off. off." But you that's pretty, know,
2: when you get your own row on an aeroplane. That's gold. Yeah, like, I you don't want to give that up.
1: But yeah, so then I slept the entire, and the dude like he straight up stop and my friend like he just never he just never spoke he never got over it because like he actually texted me while he was sitting down and he was like hey man I really need to sit next to you these dudes next to me are massive and their their uh, breath smells like dragon shit and Too I bad. just and I just like I uh, just ignored it. And then he's like, hey, man, I saw you read your phone. You've got to <laughs> let me in. And then he got up and, like, it made this huge scene. It was like yelling at me. And then, yeah, the air host, he's like, you need to return to your seat. You can't be yelling at a passenger like this. And I just Sucker. I, I played dead the whole time. Classic. Yeah. So, but moral of the story, I think you need to have a pretty legit hangover. Yeah. Point.
2: I guess I got to experience that. Yeah. I got no idea.
1: Is there still like a bucket list of stuff that you think that you've, not experience through these five years that you probably should have like drinking and I guess whatever
2: drinking yeah last weekend when I was at the bar in Melbourne I was like this seems fun mm. <laughs> like no wonder people go out so I don't know just stuff like that that's more my age because I guess I've had to feel and act way older than I am for yeah. the past five years just being really disciplined with rehab and mm everything else and so i just kind of want to feel 25 and do what everyone else is doing our age
1: so what what are those things like in your opinion i don't know know yeah Yeah,
2: but i just want to see yeah
1: (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah, fair enough yeah Yeah. i
2: honestly feel like i've been in hiding for five years and it's only been in the last kind of year that i've really kind of um i guess come back out of that i'm like oh hello world again
1: yeah Yeah. that's pretty interesting that yeah because like you've been here the whole time i
2: know Yeah, but I've just been, I guess, in my own little bubble.
1: Mm. Yeah. Do you have like bucket lists of like travel and stuff that you still want to do? Like
2: Yeah. I want to travel heaps. Like that's again still the only thing I really know that I really want to do. Yeah. Um Hawaii and Norway are probably my number one. Oh.
1: Um, Norway is crazy. Yeah. Have you looked at like a lot of photos and stuff in Norway? Yeah. I when I went there, I didn't Google like there was for those years that I lived in the US, I traveled so much that I actually stopped paying attention to where I was going. <laughs> I just got the ticket, I and got the there. plane, and I got the rental yeah. car, and then I went to the place. Like, it became so routine yeah, that I didn't, oh, I'm going to research this. So yeah. I'm gonna- yeah. And Norway was the place where it paid off massive. Yeah. Because when I looked out of the of the-, the window of the plane, just before we were landing in Norway. That was one of the most like breathtaking experiences of my whole life. Yeah. Like I've never had my mind blown. Wow. Because I just didn't know. You didn't
2: know what to expect. I'd never yeah. I didn't know
1: what a fjord was. I didn't know yeah. any of that stuff. And I just looked and was just like holy yeah shit. And I spent the we were there for a week. And I spent the whole week just completely mesmerized. In awe. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: like Switzerland. When, and that's why I wanted to go back just a few weeks ago because I didn't want my memory of Switzerland to be yeah. a negative one because it's the most beautiful place in the world, like probably genuinely the most beautiful. Yeah. And so when we went back this time, we were just looking everywhere, like in shock. It's just, it doesn't seem Everything's real. Everything's a picture. Yeah, it's stunning. And when we went up in the helicopter and we're like flying around the Alps, we were just like jaws open, like whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine Norway. It's though when I when I tell people about Switzerland, they bring up Norway. I feel like those two places are
1: mm. where well. So what see. made you want to go there? Just people saying it's crazy
2: to Switzerland or Norway? Norway. Um. Well, we have a friend from Norway, and yes, yeah, she's shown us photos and stuff, and it just looks amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like, man, we stayed at. You probably haven't seen the movie, um, but the Ex Machina. No. You ever seen that movie? No. So it's called Hotel Juvet. I'll just Google it real quick. <laughs>
2: I haven't seen any movie, seriously. People always bring up um, things and I just have no idea what they're talking about. Look at that. Is this Norway? Yeah. Wow.
1: So that's called Hotel Juve, or Juve. Oh, it's
2: a hotel you can actually that's a go hotel, to.
1: Yeah, you can stay there. <laughs> so I can't remember like how far away it was from like the airport it was like a couple hours drive and it's like a wilderness did resort you stay here? yeah I stayed <gasps> there I stayed there for four or five days oh my god it was crazy is that a
2: jacuzzi thing yeah like a little spot oh, yeah. in it?
1: yeah and we uh we jumped in that river too we actually did a shoot a friend of mine has a skincare line called Asare, and uh it's like a natural aussie skincare yeah line like it's pretty awesome I'll, I'll show you after but um we did a shoot there and yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's wow. one of the most crazy places I've, yeah. ever, I've ever been. But um, yeah, there was a movie called Ex Machina. You should watch, it's a really, really good movie. It's about like uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah. And this guy is like a research, uh, like a researcher or whatever. And he goes to, gets invited to this place because there's like a, a there's, I can't remember the exact name, but there's like a test that you do to figure out if a being is sentient. Right. So they tr- this guy developed this AI, which was this chick, and then he had to interview this robot to who was, like, artificially intelligent yeah. to see if she class- uh, was be classified as, like, a sentient being. Yeah. So it's all filmed at this hotel. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you can – like, So had
2: you seen the movie before you went there? Yeah. Right. Oh, how so cool. it was crazy.
1: Like it I actually really want to watch it again because I haven't watched it since, since I've been, been there. to the yeah, hotel. That would be cool. Yeah, so I actually want to watch it. Was this to,
2: very expensive? Looks yeah, like
1: <laughs> it would have been very expensive. I'm not sure. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> um But yeah, it is. Let's make sure that's so. Yeah. But yeah, so like but I had no idea yeah. a, about how beautiful it was. Yeah. But that place. So they serve, it's all inclusive. So there's no Mm -hmm. restaurants around there. There's like nothing around there. It's just like fully. Everything you need in there. Yeah. It's like fully out in the wilderness. Yeah. So uh, they serve like, um, if it doesn't come, if the food isn't within four miles of the hotel, they don't serve it. So we were eating like elk, deer, like we ate reindeer steaks. Oh my God. We ate whale. Like legit whale. So it was all traditional Norwegian food.
2: I didn't know they ate whale.
1: Nah, me either. <laughs> but it was it was good. It was like, um, what's that? What's it called? Oh, it's, it's like the ham stuff. Uh, Devon. Bruschetta. Oh, no, prosciutto. 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 Uh, it was just kind of like prosciutto. Ah, yeah, see, it I'm was
2: vegetarian, like, so I don't really know what
1: meat uh, tastes like. One of those guys. <laughs> one of yeah. them. Yeah, How whale. long have you been vegetarian for?
2: Since my accident. Like since directly after. Why oh. is that? I don't know. And this is a weird thing. Um, It was pretty much when I got out of hospital. could have been A, the hospital food was just rank. So it put me off meat. I don't know. Mm. But I actually know a lot of people who... Because I never decided I'm going to go vegetarian. Like it was never a decision. It just kind of happened gradually. And I actually know probably five other people who have been through some kind of traumatic injury and they became vegetarian after. I'm like, I don't know. And when we talk about it, we think maybe... Subconsciously, because we've never thought this, but maybe we kind of, um, I don't know, like saw the appreciation we had for our life and maybe put that onto, mm. I, I don't know. Like yeah. never, like I don't even really like animals. Like there's something wrong with me. Sorry, I didn't do it for any reason. It just kind of happened and came oh. about. Yeah, weird.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. There's a guy that I've had on the podcast. Uh, his name's Adam Greentree mm-hmm. and he's like a world famous bow hunter so a oh like, like Aaron. Aaron. yeah oh. so he's like he's him and his family uh they actually just went to the states so he's got three kids and his wife they're road tripping around america for the next six months and oh, wow. they're hunting yeah. but he only eats meat he kills himself
2: yeah yeah i can see that yeah it's so yeah. it's like
1: yeah it's crazy because he's the same whereas he like has such a respect for animals yeah. and life that in his mind and it's i guess it's like general consensus that um the most humane way to harvest meat is through like a bow and arrow because yeah. when you kill when you hit an animal in the side in the right spot it goes through both lungs and the heart and the animal's dead in like Straight four away. seconds yeah without any pain yeah. and like so yeah that's like so i guess there's like one extreme of people like oh, i don't, don't want to eat meat or anything like yeah. that and then you get his extreme, which seems like it's be worse, like because he's actually the one doing the yeah. killing. But he's but still
2: morally doing it. Yeah, it's like morally, ra- it's yeah.
1: like the set, the right yeah. kind of reason. Yeah,
2: it makes sense. That's
1: interesting that right after the accident, you yeah. just kind of yeah. went.
2: No, just happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something I ever really think about. I just don't.
1: When was the last time you ate meat?
2: yeah would have been oh well five years ago now
1: so you just straight up just stopped like you don't even dabble like you know
2: no never when there's
1: like a bit of ham on a cheese board you don't it wouldn't
2: interest me at all
1: that's so crazy yeah i wonder if there's something that psychologically did happen then
2: yeah i don't know did you eat a lot of meat before yeah like every meal like three times a day oh shit yeah loved it and i've never missed it since then like i've never thought oh i'm craving a steak like
1: oh you hit your head then
2: huh <laughs> oh, yeah, when you, yeah. When you fell, i just you, yeah. don't know something changed
1: because you know you hear of like people that have like brain injuries and then they can speak french
2: yeah yeah they just wake up different maybe must you just wake I d-
1: up veggie. yeah
2: maybe but i definitely did hit my head because my memory is so bad now really Like you could ask me what i did yesterday and i would be like i don't really know
1: like, no
3: shit.
2: <laughs> yeah and so when i talk about um my life before the accident i always say like i don't really remember And I think it's because it seems like a lifetime ago, but also, like, I genuinely don't remember so much that has happened. It's weird. So, yeah, I think a lot of things would have gone on in my brain when I hit my head. Yeah. And Veggio was one of them.
1: That's crazy. Mm. So, where else is on your, like, travel bucket list?
2: Um... I don't really know. Mainly just like uh, naturey places, I guess. I really want to do Everest. I'm planning to do that in April Ooh. next year, base camp. But I don't know.
1: I think you can get to base camp pretty easy. Yeah, not easy, but but that's safe. For that's you to what get to. that's
2: what in my mind. I'm like, sure. Yeah, everyone does that. Well, a lot of people do that. But then someone told me it's three weeks or something of hiking like 20 kilometers a day. I don't know if I made up made that up, but it sounds pretty hectic. Yeah. So. I'll have to train very hard for that. Um, But yeah, I want to do, yeah, just heaps of hikes and just see. Did you have the same
1: appreciation for nature before you crashed? No, I always
2: loved it because I um, have been brought up camping all the time and always loved being out in nature, but not definitely not as much as now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like this gave you that. Yeah. Ultimate appreciation yeah. for it.
2: And I think as I was saying before, it gave me the um like I want to see things that you can't get to in a wheelchair because I feel so lucky to be able to get there on my own mm. legs. Yeah. Have you
1: done much of Australia?
2: No, not really. We bought a combi, me and L. Yeah. I've um that. Uh, it's just so bad though. Like it's currently it doesn't have an engine in it, it breaks all the time. Yeah,
1: they break the yeah, time. Yeah.
2: So we planned to there's a reason to, they stop making them. Yeah, we plan to <laughs> buy cool that, travel Australia didn't really work i've only really been down the east coast and up i haven't been yeah yeah anywhere else
1: you need to get have you been to cairns yes okay cool yeah yeah i was gonna say you need to kind of get up there and around that whole area yeah i
2: haven't really seen much of it but Elle's from cairns i think we're going back there soon actually but yeah it looks beautiful yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so that's where we all grew yeah we all grew up up oh because i went to school together that's right yeah, yeah gotcha so but like man northern territory kakadu alice springs yeah like there's so many amazing places in Australia yeah. that I just don't think people, I don't think even people in Australia realize how much.
2: Yeah, people stuff always we travel have. elsewhere before.
1: Yeah, they'll go to like Bali a bunch of times. Yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that.
2: yeah. But yeah, I'd love to do more of Australia. I'd love to get a reliable van and kind of do that.
1: The whole van life thing is massive oh, these days. Love it. Love how good it. is it though? Yeah, way?
2: it's the best. Yeah, I'm into it.
1: Um, mm-hmm. the state is crazy as well for like scenery. Mm. Like it's such a crazy place because it's one country, but it doesn't feel like one country. Like, like it's
2: all really different. Oh the, man! Like yeah.
1: from Southern California to like Utah, it's like an eight-hour oh, drive. Oh, Utah
2: is where I want to go. Oh, yeah, it's
1: so ridiculous. Yeah, like it's just incredible. And but it's just the way that the landscape changes. So like oh, a couple Christmases ago, I drove from LA to uh, Colorado. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit. Like the amount of stuff that you see and the way the landscape could change in like 14 hours, I think that drive is. Yeah, it's incredible. That's
2: cool. Mm. Although that'd be like Australia. If you, yeah, the landscape up at Cairns and then down Great Ocean Road, like totally different that whole drive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it just seems like, Mm. yeah, the US is just, it's so, well, I mean, it's, I guess, similar size to Australia, but just the yeah the different landscapes that it has that's like van life dream yeah
2: oh i'll add that to my list yeah yeah Yeah. i've never thought about van lifeing over there but
1: Mm. mm. yeah and stuff so cheap over there like you could buy a van pretty cheap over there and actually like do it yeah there's a documentary on netflix it's like not the best like made documentary but it was cool that a couple from Chile or where were they from actually no they must have they were from europe but they bought a van in like new york yeah then they went up through like canada and then they went from canada to alaska and then they went back from alaska all the way down the west coast to california like down through to california then they went through mexico and they were basically trying to go from alaska to argentina but I think they brought their dog with them and their dog got sick or something. So they have to like cut it short. Oh. But it was like a, it's like yeah. a crazy docker on Netflix, but it's all like full van life. They yeah. bought an old bus. Oh, that would and, be cool. Yeah. A bus. Yeah, that's yeah. the dream. Yeah. Mm. We uh I was get a an old school bus in the u.s and like do the podcast out of it
2: yeah oh that's a great idea
1: but that was a trip that i got sent back oh <laughs> so went to jail no, so it didn't happen <laughs> so we're gonna put brain check on that one
2: it's a good idea that you could even do that around australia
1: yeah i'd still i'd say i will and like the whole gypsy theme like yeah the, the gypsy wagon yeah yeah because like oh, it's not idea. that much space like if you look at the table you yeah know? you don't need much but yeah. i think that that's definitely on the on the bucket list
2: yeah so. good one
1: mm. Mm. well it's been, uh, how long's has it been? Two and a half hours. Wow. Goes pretty quick, eh? Hey? <laughs>
2: yeah. We can talk.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs> Love a chat.
1: Yeah. Hey, to you, <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming. I'm glad we made it happen. I'm, I'm glad it happened after Europe as well. Yeah. feel like yeah, it's... Yeah, good timing. Yeah, it's cool mm. to hear about your experience over there and going back to the yeah. place where it all kind of yeah. started for you, really.
2: Yeah, full circle.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, have you on again at some point if you've bloody got more stuff to talk about.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no dramas.
0: (laughs) Thanks. This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to Amazon.com backslash Purina.